0: Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bowhunter Hunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube, trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best? different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds all that kind of stuff, go check out Chest Thumper Outdoors not only do they have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that, he goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera he also does the mountain archery fest so give him a check, that's again Chest Thumper Outdoors Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. Hey guys, this is JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Just want to let you know I can save you a little bit of money if you go on to nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code S E B H 15. Southeastern Bow Hunter 15. S E B H 15. It'll get you 15% off on all the products they have across the whole site. Now go make sure you check them out. Amazing products, great cover scents, and great application scents for those big old scrapes you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check.
1: Going on, guys. Welcome to episode 49 of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, this episode was a really, really fun episode for us to record. Uh, we have our buddy Clifton Denny from On Your Own Outdoors. Um, come on and tell us a lot of great info, a couple stories, you know, a bunch of laughs. This dude is is by far one of the coolest guys that I think we've ever met um you know getting into the industry more and getting to meet more people he is definitely at the top of our list of people that you know we just really enjoy talking to and uh you know he's very helpful when it comes down to tips and tactics especially on public land clifton has killed a bunch of pope and youngs with his method and i'm telling you that this dude knows what he's doing um I, you know, I guess before we get into it, uh, sorry if it's a bit of a struggle, uh, long weekend I had, uh, I'd hunted twice this past weekend, shot a doe on Friday, thought it was a good shot, thought she was going to fall within eyesight, um, she didn't follow the blood trail, and it was not that good, um, ended up not being able to find this deer, it started raining, and, You know, I was by myself. There's a lot of reasons why I couldn't keep looking. Um, Property lines, stuff like that. But then, you know, so that sucks. And then I went out Saturday night, shot another doe, pulled the shot, straight up gut shot. Thank God I was shooting the G5 Meat because without that broadhead, I don't know if she would have died when she did. Um, I did have to leave her overnight, but I found her yesterday morning, so you know, it's bittersweet. I hate, I hate gut shots. I hate the fact that, you know, I didn't make a lethal enough kill for her to die quickly, but that's part of the game, man. We sometimes make mistakes and that's what happens. So we're on the board. Uh, we got, you know, some public land hunts coming up in the next few weeks, some bucks that we're still chasing and you know, this season's ramping up guys. Speaking of that, um, it's starting to get a little bit colder and, you know, if you are basically in the market for some, you know, great, comfortable, quiet, warm camo, uh, go check out Asio gear. Asio gear has got a bunch of early season stuff. You know, if you're going in the evenings and it's still kind of warm, wherever you're at, you can check them out, go get some, uh, early season jackets, pants whatever you need shirts um but for the rest of us where it's getting you know a lot colder now uh they have some late season stuff that's going to keep you warm in the stand and you're not going to be you're not going to be up there shivering and miserable and all of that um so if you go there and you check them out you see some stuff you like they gave us a code for you it's sbh10 that's sbh10 uh it saves you 10 percent site-wide and believe me you're not going to be disappointed Uh, Next up is Summit Tree Stands. My Summit has been performing flawlessly. Uh, I am going to upgrade most likely after this season just because the one I have is pretty old. And, you know, I've got my eye on the Summit Open Shot. It's it's a really cool design. It's basically, you know, if you take a climber and a hang-on and you mix it together, that's pretty much what it's like. So... Go check them out guys uh, You know, Made in America Made in, I believe Birmingham, Alabama Or near there uh, Really good people Great company Awesome customer service uh, And they really just care about the everyday hunter um, They were nice enough to give us a promo code And you can use that site wide for any accessories Any tree stand, whatever you want It is S-E-B-H- Fifteen, it saves you 15% like I said site wide so that's S-E-B-H-15 go get you some good gear and believe me just like with Asio you won't be disappointed with Summit Uh, next up is Scout Tech man my Scout Tech camera I think I messed up Uh, I had it on a ridge over at one of my private spots and it was doing good (laughs) moved it because I wanted to try and catch tank and not much movement on there so I don't really know what's going on with that, but, you know, I'm going to move it sometime this week if I have time, uh, taking the week off. Cause we're going to the mountains for a trip next week or this coming weekend. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but it has been working flawlessly. I can't complain a bit and I got to give a huge shout out to Ryan. Thank you for everything you've done for us, man. Um, I can't wait to see where this goes and what you guys have coming for next year. Uh, last but not least, Urban Archery Outfitters, man. Uh, I was talking with Chris yesterday. They got some stuff work working in the uh, in the works. I know there's an app coming for everybody to use, and you know they're they're changing the game. They are really changing the game. If you're interested, go to the website, go make a hunter profile, and you know reach out to me, reach out to Chris Cannon, uh, and we can we can get you guys set up. So that's everybody that. Uh, helps you know support the podcast uh this episode with clifton was great i want to give all the glory to god like i do every episode um you know he 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 helped me learn a lot this weekend uh you know and I, i can't thank him enough for that as hard as it was to go through the bad shots losing a deer a gut shot deer um you know it this stuff happens and i know that he put that in in the words for me to be able to learn you know, how to, how I need to be sort of changing up my bow hunting strategy. So, you know, it's going to be nice to take a week off, even though I'd really love to be in the woods. Um, I know that, like I said earlier, mock scrapes and stuff are really firing up. Uh, acorns are falling. These deer are starting to rut. JD killed a buck, uh, last night and he You know, he said that he grunted him in, he watched him make a scrape, and then like 20 minutes after he dragged him, he drug him out, there was another buck in that, in that area, making the same exact scrape. So, they're doing it, guys. Uh, If you're behind the, you know, behind the ball, I hate it, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that, I think this season's still going to be pretty good. We've all pretty much killed, except for a couple of us, and, I am just, I'm super stoked to see what happens during the rut and these, you know, special quota hunts and last archery hunts that we have. Um, There's still a lot of hunting left to do. So good luck to everybody. And once again, all the glory to God. Can't do any of this without him. Um, Yeah, let's get into it with Clifton Denny. All right, guys. (laughs) We got my boy Clifton Denny on here today. Um, If you don't know the name, you live under a rock and you really need to go check him out. He's got a YouTube channel called On Your Own Outdoors. Um, I've been watching this dude for a few years now. Met him up at the World Deer Expo. Um, And what I feel bad about is JD goes, you know, we're walking through and he goes, oh, dude, that's Clifton Denny. And I'm like, who? And he pointed you out and I saw you and I was like, oh, damn, I know that's his name because i just never i never knew it dude yeah. i'm i'm bad with that sort of shit
0: and uh it's in the intro of every video i, I know <laughs> but I, dude i'm like
2: hey if you oh, ask man. my wife though if you ask my wife though i say it way too fast she's like slow down and i, I can't help it yeah so it's just yeah. one of the things I got to get through you know what i mean i want to yeah. get to the hot yep. everybody wants the hot let's go
1: yeah exactly you want to get the stuff over with man so you know, first off, thank you for coming on. Um, the three of us have been cutting up, talking back and forth for shit, man, probably, what, three, four months now. And, yeah. um, you know, you have already had a really good season. You've actually put out some videos that, I, that I'm that i not going to say were geared towards people like me, but I say that meaning you shot a bow, um, and we're just going to dive into it, I guess. You shot a bow yeah. that was 50 pounds. I think you were shooting like the same grain arrows that I shoot. So like a 460, 470, something like that.
2: It was, uh, uh, that one was four 430. Yeah. 430.
1: Okay. So even even lighter, right? Yeah. And you just completely put the smack down on it, it was a velvet buck, right? Yeah. 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 And so what that did, because me and JD, JD, I'm sure he's gonna say something in this episode, because he says it every time we talk. <laughs> um I'm not shooting an arrow as fast as him right now. I'm going to upgrade after the season, whatever. I'm sub 250. And he always gives me shit for having a slow arrow. And I'm always like, man, you don't need to worry about speed that much. And then your video comes up and I almost sent it to him. It was like, hey, look, our boy's out here shooting with a 50-pound bow, all right, with a lighter arrow than you and me, and he's killing. So what's the I don't know
0: if you noticed there, but I haven't said anything to you since I watched this video. Good, good. So flipping, <laughs> hey. thank you.
2: 212 foot per second.
0: Wow, that's almost like <laughs> recurve speed.
2: Yeah, bro. Right. Like this, like this. And not to mention, you know, that that deer was at 30 yards too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: And Good and, shot, and,
2: man. and blew through one shoulder. So, you know, that's uh, part of it, I guess. So, I guess we just jump straight into it. I'll tell you how I got to that video. Right. Yeah,
1: so, yeah let's hear it.
2: So, backstory on myself, I have been exclusive, exclusively bow hunting for eight years. I've killed 14 public land popin' youngs in six different states um, in the last eight years. So, I grew up here in Arkansas, hunting pine thickets with a seven mag over corn. Um, I killed my first Pope and young, and one of my best friends, Richard Fott, gave me probably the best hunting advice I've ever had, and Richard, I, was, I met him, and Richard's killed 30 of them, right? And, uh, and I was meeting with him, I was like, dude, oh, look at this deer, you know, and for where I live, this deer is 152 inches, but it's like a 200 inch deer, like they don't, you don't get big deer here, right? And so, uh, I was like, man, I can't wait till I have a wall like yours, and Richard laughed, and he was like, you want to know why you don't? And I was like, why? because like, you don't hunt where big deer are. And uh, I started hunting public land, that's where my public land fascination, I guess, came from. Uh, anyway, so... They started there and then, um, at that time, I was shooting a um, Matthews. Oh, are y'all still there? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, no, you're good. I was shooting a Matthews. I'm pretty so, just so y'all know, my brother is hunting a big deer that we have on camera and he just called me. And here it is prime time outside, so Ooh. I would have he probably just shot, anyways. Uh, okay. but. Uh, so sort of like my fascination with public land and doing that kind of thing. And then, um, uh, I'm in the military, I've been in the military for 15 years, actually the eighth. So like in just a couple of days. And so everywhere, uncle Sam would send me, I'd carry a boat and, uh, I ended up in Delaware. And if you don't know this about Delaware, but you might kill a deer a day or something in the County I was in, it was crazy. Cool. And so before I went, uh, one of my other really good buddies runs Max Berry the archery department. And so I had been shooting rage hypodermics out of an obsession. I was shooting 302 IBO or, you know, my, that was my foot per second. I was shooting 302. I'm shooting 307 now, but back then I was shooting 302 and, uh, and I was shooting, man, I want to say it was a 390 grain complete setup and I was noticing I was shooting deer and I never had the problem elevated but out of a ground blind, I went down to Texas and was hunting on Fort Hood and out of a ground blind, whenever I shoot, wow, I wasn't getting complete pastures like it was hanging on the Fletchens. And I'm like, I'm shooting over 300 foot per second. happening. So I went up there and I actually went up to a uh, 520 grain arrow with a tooth of the arrow, little bitty like inch and three eighths broadhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was intentionally shoulder punching does like I was having a blast. I, I ended up killing like 11. It was great. Um, uh, but uh it, but, yeah, it, it was fun. So, anyways, I'm sorry, I'll make this quick, I promise it quicker. Yeah, you did, man. Um, so anyways, I'm shooting this deer and I had a seven point and actually um I could spin the camera around and show it to you, but I'll show it to you later. So I had this little little dink seven point, right? Comes by first buck I seen there and I heart punched him and I'm talking about just absolute money shot. I get down out of the tree, you know, after about an hour and I go down there and there's zero blood. And like I shoot Luminox, I watched it just heart punching it's extremely thick area um, right off the bay down by bethany beach and uh anyways i didn't find the deer two days later i found the deer 60 yards from where i shot it and that sounds like i didn't look for it i looked for this deer for five hours and couldn't find it it was super thick so when i find it and i have a picture and i'll send it to you guys once we get off here the hole was perfect i blew that deer's heart to pieces and he ran 60 yards and he died and the deer did not bleed so when people ask me how come i don't shoot uh fixed blades that's why now i'm not saying and and, and this is weird and uh, i'm sure that somebody over there he's gonna have something to say about it too um because i tell everybody i shoot large you know i shoot rage hypodermics that's what i love that's what i've shot for years i will shoot just like last year i think i actually killed 16 deer last year with seven different broadheads um and so uh, i i put out a lot of arrows so I I get more than the average guy in my opinion you know if you're up north it takes you 16 years to shoot 16 deer you know what I mean so I'm getting a lot of evidence really um anyways what I have noticed is those little cut on contact fixed blade broadheads they don't bleed as good but it seems like those deer run 50 yards and stand there and look around till they fall over and they die Mm mm-hmm you shoot them with a Rage hypodermic or a Mega Meat or a Schwacker, one of those big ones. It when you find those dudes dead, they're like this because they ran until they just fell over. And I think something to be said about that. <laughs> That's how I got into this uh, little deal, and then I was talking to Jody a couple months ago, and I was like, "Dude, I want to do the cheapest possible bow that we think will kill a deer. Like cheapest one. Don't care." And, uh, there's actually a bear hunt ready package. That's like 500 bucks. And that's what I was going to do. And so Jody calls me, he's like, man, come down here. I've got a bow. So I go down there and there's like six dudes in there. And because the YouTube has got bigger, um, they, they knew me, you know, So we're all talking and I'm looking at a couple of their bows and like, man, I would do this or this and not, Hey, look, I'm an Indian. I'm not a mechanic. Like Jody does all my work. I do all the killing. Like that's, that's my rule. I don't, I don't do anything with bows really. Right. But um, anyhow, we're talking about broadheads and stuff and Jody starts laughing and he's like, Hey, here's your new bow. And he pulls up this $250 bear bow that you can, you can literally buy that boat at Walmart. It's $249. Yeah. Um, it goes up to 50 pounds. It like, goes as high as it goes. And I was like, Oh no, like what? <laughs> so I get out here in the yard and I'm going to tell you guys, number one, all of us shoot these really nice bows. Now you go to one of those bows and it will make you a better shooter because it took me probably four groups before I could get top plate at 20 yards. And uh, I ended up getting the bow signed in at 30. It was like, no way that happened. And then had the opportunity with that deer, we chronoed it, you know, it's all in the video, but we chrono, it. it was 212 foot per second. Um, I was shooting a inch, a hundred grain QAD um, broadhead. Dude, those things are nasty, 45 and below. Um, I wouldn't shoot them over 45 yards. They get a little wild, but 45 and below and that deer came out, I pulled back, I felt good, and I was like, man, we'll see, and it just so happened, it went in perfect, and then it literally broke the knuckle on the other side, stuck in the ground, 412, uh, I mean, 212 foot per second, and a 430 grain total arrow weight setup, No, no front weight, no nothing, just 430 grain total setup, and blew through that deer, so I do like to if you, if you start watching my channel or you see my channel, you'll see me do all kinds of different stuff, different broadheads just because guys comment and my favorite thing, I got a guy comment or shoot me a Facebook message yesterday. It was like, man, I don't know if you ask questions, but I have a question about a climber. It's never climber hunted, bought one because of one of my videos and we messaged back and forth for like an hour and a half. It's like my favorite part about it. So like, dudes, so y'all, you know, I was like, Hey, just what do you think about these broadheads? I'm liable to go pack, buy a pack and just smash a doe to see what happens, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you and I talked about the Q80 Exodus um, at the deer show. And because that was the broadhead I was planning on using. And I'm still going to probably use it this year. Um, But before we got on here, I was just telling JD that I've got, um, I don't know, probably like five, four or five of those new Sever 1.75s. And I had a buddy of mine check or shoot a deer with one of those the other day. And he and I were talking back and forth and I was like, man, you know, I really want, cause you know, I'm shooting 240 foot a second. And mm-hmm. last year I was shooting um, a 515 grain arrow with a mega meat at maybe, maybe 200 foot per second. I didn't know that, you know, I never chronoed it. I just, I'm thinking I'm shooting, you know, 66 pounds, 500 grain arrow ranch fairy going to blow through the shoulder. Right No, I mean, it killed him. It definitely killed him. It batted off in the offside shoulder, but my arrow flight was shit. My bow was not tuned. I was shooting a whisker biscuit, and it just wasn't – yeah, it just wasn't, like, a good setup. And, you know, so since then, I've I've completely that, changed everything. That
2: 212-foot-per-second bow also had a whisker biscuit on it. I
1: mean, it was odd. Well, <laughs> you were working some magic then, because I could not get mine to shoot right at all, man.
2: I, um, I Mine either. Jody, actually, the archery tech down there – I called him because the backstory of that, that was the first time I would climbed a tree this season. Like it was opening morning of our urban hunt, so it comes in 30 days early. And so as soon as I shoot it, like, you know, I flipped the camera around, I called Jody, and I was like, hey, dude, I just killed him with that bow. And he was like, shut up. And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm ordering you a slingshot. <laughs> you know, he's like, we got <laughs> to find something. He was like, I thought you'd at least miss a couple first." And I was like, no, I wouldn't have climbed in the tree with one, you know, and I didn't think
1: well, and that just kind of gives testament to, like, like what you were saying and, and kind of circling back to the whole fixed blade mechanical deal. You know, the blood trail on that mega meet was badass, but it also, you know, didn't get a pass through, which is kind of what I'm wanting to get now, you know? And um, so I was going to go with the Exodus, sw- you know, switch to the Sever. I mean, what do you, what do you think for someone that's shooting, like, sub 250 and uh- – 450 grain arrow, if you had to choose, would you go fixed or would you go mechanical? So, so, in my opinion, and, and again, guys, so if
2: you're watching my broadhead videos, I have a sign-off that I always say, and yeah, I picked it up from military, it's stolen, but it is confidence is accuracy and accuracy kills.
1: Yep.
2: 110% doesn't matter what you're shooting, but more important than the numbers, right? So, you're talking about numbers, the more important thing, in my opinion, is shoot the broadhead for where you're shooting the deer. Okay. Now, the reason that I say that, right, so if you are a pocket puncher, well, okay, so number one, we'll start with 250 and less. 250 and less, do not shoot a mechanical. 100, just don't do it. It's it's not safe. And, and what I mean by not safe, the same situation you ran into, I don't care if you're shooting 700 grains or you're shooting 250 grains. It, A big expandable has got more prep- – well, that's nifty.
0: <laughs> a big expandable. <laughs> 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 uh, sorry. <laughs> dude, dude, you might, like, right. Man, look at that. <laughs> oh, <Jesus.
1: laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> three guys with ADD, man, you gotta love it. <laughs>
2: sorry, uh, a big expandable though. It's gonna be harder to push that through. Like it's common sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention. Other than about the one that you just talked about, which is the mega meat and the dead meat, like it's hard to find an expandable that's as sharp as most of the fixed blades. And sharpness is going to help it go through. Um, But when you get above the 250, so if you're below 250, in my opinion, you have three options in broadheads. And in my opinion, they go in this, right? um, So the Magnus Stingers. That is a bad broadhead. 60 yards, it flies exactly like a field tip. That is the most true flying fixed blade that I have ever shot. Wow. The next one is probably the G5 Uh, That That broadhead, which is crazy because it's big and bulky, thing flies phenomenal. Mm -hmm. However, if I was shooting a bow or shooting in an area where I'm going to be 40 yards and in, um, and if you don't know this by me, I like to shoot distance. Um, I think my average on the last I did this two years ago or a year ago on one of the pages made a bunch of people mad. Um, I think out of the last 42 deer I've shot, uh, the average was right at 40 yards, 42 yards, something like that. Um, that I shoot deer. Uh, but here nor there, um the QAD, like that thing is absolutely disgusting. What it does, it literally gives you the blood trail of a mechanical with the pass through of a fixed blade see that's what i was
1: going to just ask you and i don't mean to cut you off but that's something i've really been like debating with a lot of people lately that are shooting mechanicals and they're like oh man this you know like the sever which is why i switched because i i just wanted to see what would happen now granted i didn't have to change anything so i could literally go upstairs throw that exodus on and i'm i'm good to go right yeah but the thing that i keep running into whenever i talk to anyone jd my buddy, David, my buddy, Andy, my buddy, Thor, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. They're always saying, Oh man, fixed blades. My blood trail's not that good. Like you'll get a pass through, but the blood trails kind of, you know, dotty. They're like go with mechanical. So you get a better blood trail. And I'm Dude, like,
2: oh. I, I had a conversation with my first sergeant, like literally sir. I'm the safety NCO I see at, in the military, right? And I just did a UXO brief today. That's the reason I was worried about being here on time, which is an unexploded ordinance brief. Okay. Uh, but before I went in there, my first sergeant was asking me this exact question. He's shooting a crossbow, and he was like, "Fixed blade or mechanicals?" And like I said a while ago, you're not ever. And I will stand by that unless it is just the perfect shot, shot next to shot, that mechanical was going to give you a better blood trail 90% of the time. I won't say 100%, right? 90% of the time is going to give you a better blood trail. But for whatever reason, and I do think that it is a smaller cut diameter and it's sharper. It's like the deer don't know what the hell happened to them when you hit them with a small um, fixed blade broadhead. They'll run 40 yards, and they'll just stand there and fall over. And, like, if you find guys like myself that are mechanicals that are honest, they will tell you "I my average deer runs 100 yards. I don't care if I cut his heart in half, if I double lung him, or I gut shot him. He's running 100, 150 yards, and is going to die in a dead sprint. Where, like the video you were talking about a while ago with that QAD, uh, uh, one lung, well, I guess it was two longs, but two lungs, offside shoulder, that deer ran 35 yards, stood there, looked around until they fell over. Like, it's like they don't know their hit with those super sharp, small cut diameter broadheads. Yeah. Um, but, the, and I'll say this, and then you can do all the talking you want to, but the shoot for, and I hope that if nobody listens to anything I say about any of the stuff about bows and broadheads or any of that, because I'm not a teacher of tuning and stuff like that, but I am a teacher of a lot of experience with shooting deer, right?
1: So yep.
2: shoot the broadhead for where you're shooting the deer. So I shoot rage hypodermics and guys all the time are talking tracks, right? Well, I could go through my house and show you 50 racks that say that it works, right? However, I don't pocket shoot deer. I hold six inches off the shoulder. Doesn't matter if the deer is 10 yards or the deer is 50 yards. I shoot for a double long shot, two right. reasons. If I pull left six inches, I heart punch that deer. If I pull right six inches, I gut shoot that deer. I'm a smart enough hunter that if I gut shoot that deer, I will get down, leave the opposite direction, come back in five to eight hours and that deer's dead in 150, right? If I'm pocket shooting deer, if I was one of those guys and I'm trying to heart punch deer, I wouldn't shoot a mechanical. 110%, it's too risky. You're too close to a shoulder, don't do it. So shoot the broadhead for where you're planning to shoot your deer and you'd be fine because I get in these arguments. Like I don't even argue with people anymore. They'll be like, yeah. Oh, mechanic was better. And I'm like, all right, cool. Where are you shooting your deer? And they're like heart punch or nothing. And I'm like, well, you're probably a pretty intelligent person then because if you move this much, you're getting in that shoulder and you're going to yeah. lose a deer, you know? So shoot it for where you're shooting deer.
1: So I'm picking your brain because this, yeah. I I tinker with stuff all the time. I got two properties. one, I can track as far as I need to. The other one is one acre and it's on a power line. And my, what I'm hoping happens is when I kill there that the deer go up the power line and die before they get onto the neighbor's property. So what I'm kind of, kind of taken from that is go with the fixed blade on the small uh, piece of land and then if i want to try the sever or any any mechanical try it on the other one because at least i can go track if need be is that uh, would you suggest that or would you say just go fix the whole way around
2: shoot it in the side of the head
1: That's <laughs> <a> good, <there's laughs> a good i'm just that good of a shot dude. not with a bow <laughs>
2: no no seriously if um if i was hunting on a small property i would most certainly be shooting a fixed blade i would be as high as possible Ammo dusted to the nines so that, in my opinion, that deer has no idea I'm there. And I would send one through with a fixed blade um, because I think that is your best opportunity for the deer not to run far before it passes.
1: Okay. Well, I'm switching then. Going back to Exodus. That's what I'm going to do tonight. (laughs) Um, Well, look, man. So, you know, how I found you is kind of relating to what we were just talking about is I love watching broadhead test videos. And when JD put his out, I probably watched it three or four times because there's just something about the things that people make that you can kind of see the, you know, devastation that'll happen. Because with a deer, I mean, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all circumstances, it's always like, different. Yeah, it's it's exactly, exactly. With a test, you can kind of compare, you know, apples to apples or you get an orange out of the group and you're like, all right, I'm not ever going to touch that. So I found you on YouTube like three or four years ago doing broadhead tests and one of the ones that sticks out to me was when you did the uh the Debbie and because you used to freeze a watermelon and you would shoot it and you could just see like what would happen with that like I think you did Rage, Sever, Dead Meat, Grim Reaper I didn't get any you did, did like the, so many dude
2: I did the the most popular 16 that year okay. if I remember right and just two and a half years ago wasn't that long
1: wow. but yeah. well wow. so, <laughs>
0: I, you I gotta forgive him, Clifton.
1: He he's young. I yeah, I'm not even thirty yet, guys. So
2: I was only saying that I'm only thirty-four. I just got a bad hairline, but uh, I was only oh saying god, that. I'm older well, who than are both of you. Telling?
1: Who are you telling? Bad hairline. <laughs> <laughs> I got but that I polish. Only, oh, hair. you didn't
2: need to
0: point and laugh. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was only saying that though, because while we're actually on this phone, uh, I'm gonna hit eleven thousand subscribers, so that'll be pretty cool. So in two and a half nice. years. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Pretty, pretty good growth for a, a hunting channel. But yes, no. So what I did and dude, so when it comes to, um, broadhead, what I called them was broadhead reviews instead of broadhead testing. Right. And what my argument was with everybody is cause they're like, that's not a deer. Right. And I'm like, I'm not necessarily comparing that. I'm comparing each broadhead to a definite test that is all measured the exact same. Right. Yeah. And so what I would actually do is that was a five inch block of ice. I'd take a watermelon, cut it in half. I had a mold of the inside of a watermelon and I would freeze a five inch block of ice, put it on that side, leave all the filling on the watermelon on the other side and then duct tape it together. The duct tape is supposed to like be the hide to make those bleeders open, right? Um, and yeah, no, that was, that was, a. Uh, my wife gives me a hard time all the time because just so you guys know, I was doing those videos in August and it was probably the most miserable thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but really it was probably my most viewed stuff. And my wife all the time is like, you need to go back. Cause if you guys don't know, and you're watching this product reviews is probably what I'm most known for. I kill some really good deer, but I have done, I don't know, 250 product reviews from stands to bows, to broadheads, to arrows, to climbers, to, Lock on sticks, you know everything I get my hands on. So um, yeah, that uh, that dead meat I actually pissed a bunch of people off with that. Why? Because it shot six inch
1: different than a field tip at fifty yards. Dang. Yeah. I mean it's been a while since I've seen that video, but I I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: so it's not videoed. I just talk about it because. Oh. Okay. When, yeah. Well, when, whenever I first started, I didn't have the camera that I have now, right? Yeah. So I didn't really have a camera that was good enough to be zoomed in out at 50. And so I would just do it and be like, hey, this is the hole, this is the hole, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, it definitely the dead meat and the mega meat are phenomenal. You hear me again, phenomenal broadheads, 40 yards and in. Yep. Yeah. Over 40 yards in my ram hunt, you see it, I shot it, I shot at a ram at 52 and that dude made like the size of a basketball circle right about the time it hit 41 yards and I went right over the Rams back and then shot it instead the set of mag because
1: why not? <laughs> Holy crap. I've never,
2: <laughs> how? I, I, I don't know. I th- My best guess with that particular one is I think that one of the clips popped. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. I think one of the blades probably came open because my bow is traveling super fast and it shoots super hard mm-hmm. and it probably the shock
1: of it popped one of them loose and, Give her though, Whirling Bird. That's crazy. Yep. So, do you have any plans to do any more Broadhead reviews? Because I know JD's got one or two that he probably wants you to do a video on. Uh, they won't cost a lot. They're like twenty bucks for what was it? A four pack?
0: No, <laughs> that's not one of them. That's not one of them. Hey, I'm you've not going to put that it, in man. there. So, why don't you tell him? All them right. About- so, all right. So I have seen your video on the Allen fixed. I have seen that. But I want to see your video on the Allen mechanical, the vapor. Bro, it's on there.
1: It exploded what? air. Hold on.
0: I, I'm looking this up. Do it. I, yeah, do it. I I haven't seen it because I've I've killed two deer with that thing. I love it.
2: Oh my god. Don't say that out loud I'm in front of people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I shot so if I'm not mistaken, like I know it's on there, but I don't remember if I shot two or three. Um one broke like when it hit and then the other one like exploded before it got there. Like whenever you look at the holes, like there wasn't even three blades. Like I guess a blade just was like peace, I'm out, and it cut out on its way to the
0: thing. No, it wasn't it wasn't a three blade, it was it's the it's the two inch mechanical. This
1: was this was a mechanical. Three blade mechanical. Yeah, so you you did the. Oh, uh, see, so yeah, I don't rush. use those. He he did the he did the blood rush. I think that's the one that folds. Oh, was. okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was yeah the
2: Okay, one. This, yeah.
0: So no, this I don't. He, I don't use those.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. The one he's talking about. If you take a rage, right? Uh, think of like the rage cut on contact, and yeah. then you put one of those. You know those peach rings, those little gummy things. Huh? <laughs> you take one of those and you put it where the blades start. That's about how big the band is. Yeah. And I I mean, he gave me one. I haven't even shot it yet because I I'm all out of peach rings. But when he cause he did a test on it and it didn't even open. So he was like, oh man, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how this is gonna go. And then he kills a deer and it died. It died like what, 30 yards?
0: That she didn't even go 25 yards.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you can buy a four pack or three pack for like 20 bucks at Walmart. And it's crazy. I got them well, on
0: clearance for nine ninety seven. All right. Well, you you got
1: you got that's, a deal.
2: <laughs> that, well, that's the broadhead, the one, the expandable that ended like fell apart. Like its normal price is nine ninety eight,
0: nine eighty eight. Wow, so crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I don't use those.
2: But to answer your question, I'm actually actually going to start doing broadhead reviews again, and they're probably going to actually be in that February March time frame. Okay. Because um, it's just it's too damn hot to doing in August. Like yeah. I, my yeah. thought process was, get them out whenever guys are looking, and man, they can just search them from six months ago. To <laughs> it's too hot in August.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, if you want, I've got extra Sever's I can send you, because I've I've got them what three four months ago something like that. So I mean, the, the Sever broadheads I did reviews of them too. Did but have you done the new one? Mm-mm. All right. Well, there you go. I got five waiting. If you want to test it, just to see, I'll do it.
2: I'll do it whenever I whenever I get ready to do it. I'll be like, these are the podcast heads. There you go. There so, you go.
1: The
2: podcast head episode.
1: Podcast heads. Podcast. They're they're southeastern bowhunter exclusives. Um there you go. Some <laughs> orange and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'll like call it. Gary from Severn and say, "Hey, dude, look, um, put the logo on the blade for me, will you?" yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would never do that. <laughs> but, um, so I guess still talking about the review stuff, man, like I watched, you know, cause I'm getting a new bow, um, after the season, bear just dropped a whole new line of bows and I've already picked out the one I want. Um, I'm going to be getting the white Which tail, one, the white tail max.
0: Uh, okay. All right. If
1: I had 1,300 bucks, I'd get the persist, but broke. you're broken. I'm broken. What I mean,
2: yeah, you are the problem with the whole industry. What, right? do, I, what do I do? Right. What you tell him, JD? Look, you what are it? you are the problem.
1: Well, when you get ready to get hey, the first step to fixing a problem is admitting you have one. So tell me what it is, so I can fix That's it. That's right. Listen,
2: we're in AA right now. All right, yeah. Archery,
1: <laughs>
2: archery addiction, right? or archery anonymous. I'm sorry. All right, so listen.
0: Archery awareness.
2: <laughs> there you go. The the first. I love it. <laughs> Hey, look, that might be what I start calling my true hunting speed videos. Okay, I, there I think you go. The that, a- that would work. <laughs> um, so, anyway. in my opinion, again, this is all opinionated stuff, right? Is that what you just said is why guys can't shoot. And what I mean by that is, is if you actually know bows, every, not every bow, but every, we'll just say every bow is made for a different type of shooter, right? Right. And so Mm -hmm. if you have your mind set on, I'm getting that white. And I'm not saying the bear, because I think the bear line's great, right? Oh, yeah. Um, But I tell everybody, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. Not this PSE, but my last bow that I got, when I got my obsession, I had the guys down at Max. Literally, before I got there, they set up seven different bows at a 28 and a half inch straw and 75 pound pool. And they put electrical tape over the names of them, so I didn't know what they were. And I went and shot each one of them, and I picked the one that shot the best for me. And so, get you a bear, yeah. but go shoot them all. Shoot them all.
1: So, because – Sorry, keep going.
2: No, because just because you see it, and you're like, man, it's a really good price. It's a really good deal. What guys end up doing a lot of times is they try to change to the boat.
0: And that's not most – remorse.
2: Are. You know what I mean? Look, he's yeah. over there, son. he's like, you right? Well,
1: no, it, dude, <laughs> so – It's funny you say that because when I first started, I had a blackout, which is basically just a Bear Legit, rebranded Bear Legit, right? Awesome bow. I loved it. It's just too slow for me. Like, I want to be faster than where I'm at. So I think I hunted with that bow for two years. JD had a Bear Paradox that he was selling, so I bought his bow. That's the bow I'm using now. And I will be fully honest. At first, I hated it because it's a single cam. And I did not like how every time I would go back and it would drop it would mm-hmm. like drop. I wasn't used to that. So, no. man, and sometimes like I'd pull back and it'd drop and then it try to kick back forward. And I'm like, all right, that's, I don't like that. So I guess really what I should say is, because I've got a bear dealer down the street from me. So they have every bear that I could want. I've had my eye on the Alaskan, the Whitetail Legend Pro, and then now the Whitetail Max because that's kind of what's in my budget you know mm-hmm. um so if they have any of those i'm gonna do exactly what you said and if they have any any of them in stock you know just sitting there in the shop i'll pull it back and i'll see if i like it and if not i'm not gonna waste my money
2: yeah. no So confidence is accuracy yep if you go in and when and you know, my first three bows I bought were all eBay bows. All used bows, bought them on eBay because that was the price that I had set in my head and, you know, whatever. Um, every bow I have shot since then, except for whenever I went back to Matthews for a couple of years, that was a mistake. Uh, but every bow <laughs> that I shot since then, uh, it's not Matthews, man. I went back to a short axle axle and it's just yeah. not for me. I like to shoot distance. Um I have went in and shot multiple bows and then decided on a bow and probably the best thing and the worst thing for me is how many bows like y'all have seen the true hunting speed videos how many bows I shoot a year
1: yeah
2: and 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 it's hard for me because I get guys I can't tell you how many messages I get over which bows should I be shooting right and I'm like God, dude because you know, you've got prime now that prime has came a long ways, especially if you like that long axle to axle, right? Um, but there's there's all these different bow brands now, and they're this much difference, right? I don't know if you there's this much difference, but this much difference in that bow when you're holding it and warmed up and you're sitting there, like that's a twenty yards different than a guy shooting a bow. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Um, Absolutely. I wasn't trying to get on a rant. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. That's all we do here is rant. So you're you're doing just fine. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, I bring that up because, you know, you have shot a bunch of bows and with me being in the market in the next, I don't know, five, six months, um, I've kind of bounced back and forth between dart and obsession and bear. I mean, I'm a huge bear fan. Like that's what I started with. I love everything that Fred Bear has done and I want to kind of be part of that, you know? Yeah. Well, we, we kind of JD's shooting an obsession right now. And I already told him, you know, when I see it, like when I see him next time, I want to pull it back. I want to shoot an arrow to see how it feels because if it's, you know, if it's any good, um, <laughs> uh, I may go with that, you know? And if someone I know has got a darton, or if I go somewhere and they've got it, I'll pull it back and just see. But I mean, I've only shot or I've only owned two bows in the five years that I've been hunting. I've shot multiple. Like I shot JD's Hoyt. What was it? A Torex, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was great. I shot my buddy's Hoyt BTM 34. I think it was, I don't remember, but I didn't like it. Cause it, it was too, I call it blocky. It felt like I was holding a big rectangular stick and I didn't like how tough it was at first to draw it back. And then it kind of lightened up. Like I like a light start and then a heavier, you know, back end. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I used to say, "Oh man, all those are the same. It doesn't matter." I put my foot in my mouth for sure because that is not true, you know. I mean, they like you said, they they're all really good, and there's that much difference. But that much difference, I feel like, can really change how feel about a brand, you know. I,
2: well, you know, and and the guys that are, you know, the ranch fairy style guys, and this isn't bad mouthing, like they're they're listen. So when it comes to any reviews or mechanics, or this is the right way. And that's the wrong way. Look, if you try hard enough, you can find data that backs you up. And mm-hmm. that's what it is. You want to shoot a light arrow. You can find data that backs it up. you want to shoot a heavier, you can find data that backs it up. Um, but when it, when it does come to the bow and I mean, it's just like everything else, you know, shooters shooters preference or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. funny that he shoots obsession because I actually emailed those guys. Um, a couple weeks ago because my most favorite bow that i have ever shot in my life was a defcon Six. like i just i had never picked up an obsession in my life was shooting a matthews uh z7 extreme
0: mm-hmm.
2: went in and was like i don't care how much money i gotta spend i'm buying a bow and uh the damn obsession was the most expensive one and i thought it was a Like, <laughs>
0: remember
2: the text. i thought it was a Bowtech, and yeah. uh he pulled it off. He was like, it's an obsession. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, what well, you're going to use. And so that bow to this day is still nicknamed the meat Axe because I killed yeah. a whole bunch of stuff with it.
0: That <laughs> Defcon 6 was an amazing bow. <laughs>
1: that, that was insane. What yeah, was definitely. uh? What was the details on it? I don't, I don't know. Like, I know the name, but I don't know the details off the top, you know, the top
0: of my head oh. about that bow. I
2: mean, it's been seven years ago, six years ago. They haven't made it a long time. Uh,
0: yeah. The Defcon six, I think it was a three thirty-five IBO at the time with a six and a quarter brake height and thirty-two axle to axle.
2: Yeah, it was my it was my first over thirty-inch axle to axle. And mm-hmm. where I messed up is when I got my Matthews, I went back to a VXR twenty-eight-inch axle to axle, oh, wow. and it it took me nine
1: months to learn how to shoot it again. Yeah, that, right. I mean, Not- I've never shot anything smaller than thirty. I mean, the the paradox is thirty two, and it. I like it. Um, I don't. The only thing about the thirty two that I don't like is when I hunt in a in a ground blind, I feel a little bit more, you know, closed in, and then I'll, in a tree stand because I use a climber. So, if I'm like you know moving around, I have to make sure that it's clear, and I've I've kind of learned how to like get it where no it's, you don't you no know? you don't Not a different climber.
2: Get away from those rifle climbers!
1: Oh no, I, I took know. the bar off. X- no, no, no! I'm, I'm open faced X- now. Yeah,
2: we're good. Come January, that new climber will be the bow hunting climber. That thing is it the nice. one
1: that's that's like all open? It's basically a hang on, but it's a climber. It's,
2: it's the same. Yeah. So I
1: use the old school Lone Wolf, which um,
2: if you're bow hunting, man, especially if you're like an exclusive bow hunter, they're extremely hard to beat. We won't go down that rabbit hole because I'll talk climbers for hours. Dude,
1: that's all I (laughs) use is climbers. We could do it all night.
2: (laughs) If if you are bow hunting and you are not using a fold flat, at least a fold flat climber messing up, it just makes so much difference. But, you know, like you guys doing the urban hunt and stuff like that, like carry, I mean, put a ladder stand on your back. I don't care. You're only walking like 50 (laughs) yards.
1: Yeah. (laughs) JD is the one using the ladder stand this year. I, I actually sold him one. What was it last year? I
0: think yeah yeah all right now hold on, hold on hold on I'm not necessarily using it it's permanently placed Well, I know and, but I with. have a climber that I go in with
1: I know I'm not saying you don't I'm just saying you're the one that's got the ladder stand this year
0: that's all yeah, I'm saying. I've got I've got three properties that are all private in, in urban areas that are all big enough to sustain a, a ladder stand so yeah I've got three permanent ladder stands out there well
1: then, I mean you know ladder stands are good
2: I've got a box stand behind the house. I mean, it's for my six year old, but yeah. I got one. <laughs> but still.
0: Yep, there you
2: go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving him a hard time. Nah, I did yeah. Not. Yeah. So if yeah. if you have known me eight years ago. So the very first year I started bow hunting, I started on white river refuge here in Arkansas. And the only reason I started and I could go downstairs and get the deer. Cause I actually ended up killing him, but he's 141 inch 10 point. Um, he ran through my decoy spread. And I was like, cause I'm, from Arkansas, big duck hunter, right? And, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a 200 inch deer." And so I got on eBay and I bought the uh, the Matthews bow, right? I got the Z7 Magnum. I buy this bow, or Extreme. I'm sorry, I buy that bow, and I literally took the three sections of my ladder fan and wrapped a ratchet strap around them and put them on my back. Oh,
0: and that's crap.
1: how. That's <laughs> how. I it. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, I started the rough way where we're at now, like, you know? Right. <laughs> well, and like, I actually just had this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day because the climber I've got is an old summit. Like, I don't even know when it was made, but it has the detachable rifle rail. So mm-hmm. I was able, and I used to be scared of heights, like really scared of heights. Now after just forcing myself to get used to it, I, I can go, you know, 30 foot and I'm fine. But I always needed that bar there just because, you know, security. And I finally was like, man, to hell with this because I'm I'm getting caught standing up and all this stuff. Like I need to be able to shoot sitting down if that if I can't stand up. And uh yeah man, sure enough, took it off and now it's no problem at all. So I'm gonna be upgrading. I'm looking at the Summit open shot. Um I need to actually talk with someone about that whole deal. But uh yeah I mean I'm kind of getting away from like the old school I don't want to say old school, but like the basic you know, climber style. Like and I wish Lone Wolf still had that climber. Cause I would 100% buy it.
2: Hey, I'm telling you January $499. Um, I, I actually, I got with it? no, not Lone Wolf XOP. Is oh, oh, okay. up. okay. That uh, actually I've got a video of it on there. Um, and hopefully I will get to hunt out of it this week. Cause I'm doing that collaboration hunt with XOP in Wisconsin. I'll leave tomorrow. Hell yeah, uh, dude. It's a public land challenge thing. And, uh, Anyways, I'm not laughing. These guys are gonna see this, and I don't even care. But yeah. there's like four different channels going, and um, man, like I, not being cocky, but I, I'm a public land dude, and they're not all public land dudes. So I, I'm very, I'm very excited about this hunt. So,
1: so you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about asking you about it. We had Michael Perry on probably three weeks ago. And that dude, I mean, he public land guru, right? So what is your strategy for public land? Cause like me and JD have been hunting it a lot more. Um, I saw this giant 10 point probably two years ago on public land that I'm, I don't know if he's still alive, but the spot that I've got has really good genetics and JD's over near Cobb County, you know, seek one territory. So there's good genetics all over the place. Um, what what's kind of your strategy i guess for you know obviously look for acorns and stuff like that but like when you go on a public land say you've never hunted it before you don't look for acorns no i don't hunt feed trees all right let's hear it tell tell me your strategy (laughs) (laughs) my my
2: strategy is to go in at night when you can't see and i only use a phone light all right so i'm a maps guy I I study maps and I hunt based off of a map. Whether that be pinch points, that be saddles, the fat topo line on a, on a heavy point that's coming down. Um, I think where guys mess up with maps and they struggle with maps, is they zoom in too close. You need to be zoomed out where you are looking at a half mile radius so that you can actually see with your eye those different terrain features that are that are funneling these deer deer do deer deer things and that's the reason I started hunting different states because in Arkansas yeah everybody's like oh yeah Denny kills big deer yeah okay whatever he knows Arkansas well in the last four years I've done that in Kansas I've done it in Mississippi I've done it in Alabama and Georgia like there's a method to the madness Mm -hmm. um but for myself, I don't I don't hunt feed trees. I hunt what I like to call cruising corridors where I think bucks are gonna be traveling. Um, you know, I don't, uh, one thing that I think guys mess up with is that myself and the way that I do it with maps, I will pick a spot on my map. You know, I might have three pins on one ridge or whatever. I love hunting ridges by the way, but um, I'll have three spots or if it's a pinch point at the end of a slough or a creek or whatever, I've got three spots and those are the only three spots I'm going to because I am confident in my in my uh, capability of reading the map, right? So, when I get out of my truck and this is like, you know, hunting 101, right? You don't want to stomp all over your area, right? So, I get out of my truck. I walk straight to my spot. I've got my phone light. I look around. I find a tree. I climb that tree and that's where I hunt. Um, I think what people end up doing is they go out, right? They're going to be on a um you know a five-day hunt six-day hunt something like that and they go out and they're in a rush and so the first day they walk they forget about all those pins they've done set on there the last month and a half before this hunt um they go out and they're scouting and they find what is decent sign and they want that quick kill and they climb up in that tree and they end up sitting that tree the whole four days of their hunt or like even if you take that to a public land guy in his home state that are is what we call weekend warriors, right? They only get to home on the weekend. They do the same thing. Um, or they are my grandfather's grandfather, my dad, my cousin, and everybody has killed a buck out of this stand every year for the last fifteen years. I would bet your ass money if you could look at pictures, it was all within a week of each other. Because that's when bucks were using that area as a travel corridor. It is what it is. You're- Deer things. Um, now with that being said, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, right? So, like when I went to Kansas, I was in Kansas to kill a big deer. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I walked, I think it was 21 miles in the first day uh that I was there day and a half scouting. Um, ended up finding two spots, went to one that I still am convinced was a better spot, but it was getting blown out by some public land people um or private land people sorry uh they were crossing the line and gun hunting it and so i exited stage left went back to my number two spot that i had found you know a day and a half earlier and ended up killing that 157 inch crazy looking deer or whatever but um you know and then you go to mississippi and like so i guess you would say my strategy is number one if it is ridges i am not going in and scouting i'm going straight off of a map but when you get in flatland it is different right flatland it's harder to pick um, off of a map because you're limited to pinch points or transition areas in between types of trees and trying to figure out the bedding area from a map. And that can be difficult. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I promise you, I, if I had my phone, I wasn't using it right now. I would show you my Wisconsin area. that I'm going to, it's a public land place. i probably have 200 pins on there where I have been picking this map apart for the last six months yeah. and I've narrowed it down to three spots that I'm going to, um, but you know, going to Mississippi last year, there it's all delta, it's all river bottoms. Yeah. So there was nothing but pinch points and stuff like that. So like boots on ground are you know was your best option. Um, and whenever I was at the show and actually met you, you guys, one of uh, you know my followers, I guess you'd say whatever. I don't see it that way. Just somebody that's watched my stuff um, came by and was like, "Dude, did you really scout for five days?" And I legitimately walked from daylight till dark for five days. Um went back to an area that I thought was good. And then I was sitting there and was like, what the hell am I doing? A guy down went to literally a pen I dropped in August. Um, and this is the second week of January. Dropped this pen in August and was like, That's where I'll kill a deer whenever I go in January. Went to that pen and killed you can't see him, but he's over there 130 inch eight point that afternoon. You know what I mean? So like um, uh, I hate to say it's a confidence game, but it is. Uh, my biggest opinion to somebody new to a public land, like yourself, is I don't know. Do you use onyx or hunt
1: sand or any of those? Um, yeah, oh, no. I Spartan Forge onyx. So all of, use, all of that. I use onyx, and I'm gonna give you two uh,
2: pieces of advice that I think are beneficial. Take them or leave them. Um, number one, the first two years that you're hunting public land, do it exclusively. Get away from the feed piles. Get away from everything you know and start over right? right um it it will be better for you in the end um but do it exclusively, and then pin and date and write a note about every deer that you see okay. all right so every every deer that you see especially because i just uh you know i was just up there where you guys are you still got me sorry i was just up there where you guys are and um y'all have some terrain changes up there. Like there's some heels, right? Yeah. So um, every deer that you see, pin them. And this is like my key advice that everybody kind of laughs at me about that are my buddies. If just, again, it's not being arrogant. It's not being cocky. It is proven, right? So if I have not killed a buck in Arkansas by December, I will kill one the first two weeks of December. Hands down, go watch my videos the last three years, guaranteed. And the reason being, and when I hunt early season, I pin every fawn I see. Every little doe, I pin every one of them. Because the stuff that guys call my, main rut and secondary rut, I don't really believe in that. I believe in a triple rut. I think they all kind of come in whenever they come in, except for fawns. And this is what guys, I think, overlook whenever it comes to late season rut activity, is that those are those yearlings that are coming in, Right? And yeah. you think about it, a big mature doe, her area is this big, right? Three mile radius, she's running. But those fawns, so two things you do with them. You pin them early season when the mama is still with the fawn. You go back out there like in Arkansas, where I hunt at, our rut is about the middle of November. I go out there in November, those same does are using the same ridges, you know, whatever. All of a sudden, I notice those fawns are by themselves. There's only one reason that fawn's going to be by herself. And that's because big daddy's in here chasing his mama around a circle somewhere. So mm-hmm. I know I'm in the right spot. So I don't kill that buck. Something happens. I end up moving, have to go out of to town, whatever. I come back in the first two weeks of January. That would be what everybody calls our second rut, which is all the late season does are coming in. Um, I will go back to that fawn because he's going to be in there. And that little doe has a whole lot smaller home than that big doe does. Whole lot smaller. area She's going to run. She's going to – you know what I mean? Um, she's going to stay more homebody. And a lot of times it makes those big mature deer easier to kill because they have narrowed their window. They, they made their area smaller, their core area hmm. is what I'm saying.
1: Never thought of that. I've never I haven't that.
0: either, to be honest with you.
1: Because I've got – so kind of circling back to the whole ridges thing. Like, hey,
2: hang on. Hang on.
1: Stevie. Stevie.
2: Trying to yell at my wife to get her to bring me a charger. Will you bring me a phone charger? Thank you. All right, guys. I'm back. Sorry. All right. <laughs> I was going um, to get her to bring me a phone charger. Oh, ah, yeah.
1: You're good, man. Um, But, yeah. So, one of my buddies, we went scouting this summer, and he put me on this ridge that he said he's always seen deer. And it's maybe three... I don't know, 300, 400 yards away from where he hunted last year and saw decent buck travel right across. So it's kind of next to like, they've got a horse trail on this public land and it's next to the horse trail, maybe a hundred yards off the trail. One of his buddies killed a one thirty over there, like two years ago, this is not far from where I was set up. So I go there opening morning and you know, the wind is good for, I think the deer are going, I had some photos, Oh, boys got the charge hey hey how are
0: you
2: that way probably
0: Clifton I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to send you a screenshot of an area I want you to look at for me and just like highlight or just circle where you would want to sit yeah I was that is
2: that. my favorite literally my favorite thing to do but what turn on the top of lines
0: we are. we are yeah they're off got those on because i'm 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 military like you, so I I love lunch.
1: Yep. yep. Send yeah. to Not, me. but if it helps me kill deer.
2: <laughs> and, and and so, dude, I I could I could uh I could send y'all stuff. Like I had this guy in Louisiana last year, um, that sent me a pen, and he was like, man, he's like, I watch all your stuff, dude, just super cool guy, and I hope he ends up watching this and then comments on it. Um, but he actually sent me a pen of a new property he got, and he was like, hey, where would you sit? And I was like, "Here, right? Like, no questions asked. Go there." <laughs> and uh, he was like, "All right, I'm gonna try it. Well, I killed the biggest deer of his life the next day. And that, and I'm not saying this like it, I, hand on Bible. That happened like 25 times last year. That's
1: cool. Uh,
0: wow. Yeah, I'm sending you everything. Once I
2: was you once you learn
1: topo map,
2: and and I say this all the time, like, but if you're looking at a, a topo map, right? Everybody calls it a bench. I don't like to call it a bench, but it's the fat line on a topo map. If you see a ridge, it'll be like skinny line, skinny line, skinny line, fat line. Mm-hmm. Hunt the fat line. That's where that mature deer is going to be traveling every time. Um, and guys will be like, "Oh yeah, of course, because it's a bench." Well, I don't know where you're hunting at, but where I'm at, it doesn't look any different than the rest of the ridge. But for whatever reason, that's where those dudes like to travel. Yeah, it's. And it's funny because guys will be like, well, I always have better luck on the logging roads. Well, if you will pay attention to that topo map on where in the 1800s, they built the logging roads, guess where it's at. It's on the fat line.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Well, and then, so like you were saying the ridges, man, and, and literally this dude, you know, I had photos in there, good deer. You know, I think there was one big seven that I was like, Oh, I'd shoot that. And I get in, get up in the tree. It's like seven 30 and he never told me where he's seen these deer come from. So I'm thinking they're going to be coming directly, you know, out of the creek bottom because it's a ridge on top of the creek bottom. And then there's another ridge on the other side.
2: And yeah, now they're going to be skirting that thing.
1: And they did. They came up from the creek bottom, but to my right. And I mean, I just, I wasn't expecting that. So, you know, I hear a stick break and I look over and there's three, I don't, I don't know how big, like they weren't like, you know, giants or anything, but it was a bachelor group of bucks that came up. And I was just like, Oh shit. Okay. So I need to be over here. So I can cut them off when they come up this ridge line or up this uh, creek bottom and come up here on the ridge and then go back down because he was telling me that's kind of how they move. Um, So I'm going to send you some photos tonight or tomorrow of kind of the area. And if you see anything on there, I'll make sure there's top lines. But if you see anything on there that's like, dude, go here, that's Mm -hmm. exactly where I'm going to go when this next gun or this uh, archery hunt comes up. In like 3 I'm weeks. not
0: gonna I'm not gonna flood you like he is. I'm just gonna send you one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not gonna be a <laughs> gonna gonna Hey, hey, I'm gonna tell you the
2: thing that gonna Test me, test me. I I love it. Test me, and then go out there and don't don't uh don't do, don't be like one guy. He was like, man, I went to your spot and see anything. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, just tell me about his deer numbers. And I was like, so you, like, went out there in the middle of the day, hunger, because he hunted out of a lock-on. Like, hunger lock-on, back guy came back, and he was like, no, nah, bro, I went and walked that whole property. And then I climbed that tree, and I seen no deer. And I was like, you blew all the deer off that were bedding yeah. on top
0: of the yeah. chop.
1: <laughs> Window <When the liquor>?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Don't say it.
1: Jeez, dude. It wasn't that guy. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. That's just common sense though. You know, like you walk through, uh, I mean, I've even noticed it on my private property that I've got, if I go out there, like I moved a to camera today, actually off a ridge. So now I'm kind of regretting that, but I wasn't really seeing, I mean, there was some deer I had one, you know, two and a half year old buck daylight last week and uh, that, that place is just weird. But um, yeah, you walk through there and they disappear for, I don't know, a day or two. So if you mm-hmm. go walk the whole property before you hunt it, of course you're not going to see anything. That's just, that's like zero so, one hundred one. So think about it. So you say that with private
2: land, right? You yeah. know that. Yeah. But if you were going to go hunt a new piece of public tomorrow, what
1: would you do? Just well, if I had this conversation, I would have... That's what, <laughs> that's, that's
2: what I'm saying, though. It's like, guys, don't... It's not... It's This isn't trash talking by yes. any means because I've made the exact same mistakes. And I tell everybody, like, every video I put out, every podcast I do, is not trying to say I'm better than anybody because I'm not, 110%. I'm telling you from experience, you don't make the same mistakes. because whenever I went to public land, I was just like you. I was like, well, I know when I go to my box stand, like nothing's going to cross over that lane today because I just walked in here. Right. Yeah. Public land, same way. Like you might get a deer to cross through there. Um, and I am a firm believer in camo dust. 110 percent. Don't care what anybody says. It's like I tell everybody else, if you thought it worked one percent of the time, guess what? It helped. So I'm going to use it. Um, yeah. And then everybody says you can't beat a deer's nose. I also agree with that. But if I can make that deer think that I'm 300 yards away and I'm 30 yards away, pull back, backfishing and I let one rip, I won. not um, So Camo Dust really does help with that scouting, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, even with Camo Dust, I'm not going to go tromp through the bedding area and then think I'm going to go get up the stand and think I'm going to see, you know, the big mature deer because they're smarter yeah.
1: than that. That's why they're big. So can you kind of tell me, I watched one of your video, like very recent videos of, of you, you know, going on a hunt and using camo dust and all that. Cause I got some from y'all when we were at the show and I've been <laughs> using it, but I don't know if I've been doing it right. Cause I had a, my second or third hunt of the season. It might've been both. Cause I did get busted both times. One of them, I think I was moving. Um, the other time I know for a fact, this deal had me pegged cause I watched her come down the ridge and this is on the smaller property. So where my stand set up is I'm probably 20 yards from the driveway. Right. Mm -hmm. And I watch her come down the driveway and I, and the wind was kind of, you know, quartering off a little bit to where she probably was going to catch something. Mm -hmm. Dude, sure enough, she hit that, that edge of the tree line and just the whole time and just gone. And I'm like, I I didn't put it on right or enough or so. Like, what's, how do you do it? How are you supposed to do it?
2: this is the thing with camera dust right camera (laughs) dust is made for the human scent Mm -hmm. right that is what it is made to attack and the thing is is like and i'm not saying you work um but if you're wearing the same boots that you just walked in the gas station with or you just went in there and ate a piece of chicken and then wiped that grease all over your legs and that kind of stuff not going to work as well right so like with me my routine i have a scent regiment if you will um, and I'm actually doing it right now because I'm packing to go to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. so, like, my wife likes to um, use gain or whatever that shit is. It smells really pretty. So what I do is I will take six towels once she's done doing her laundry before I wash my hunting stuff, and I will put them on deep cycle field and wash them twice, right, um, with Sinaway Soap or All In Clear, I think is the name of that stuff, just doesn't smell laundry detergent. And then I'll dry them, and I do that twice. And then I wash my hunting stuff and I have a tote. I put all my hunting stuff in the tote. Once I put it in the tote, I take my dust and I just go like this, kind of shake it down. I okay. put my tote together. I wear this until I park my truck. I don't care if it's eight degrees like it was whenever I hunted in Minnesota, Minnesota or if it's 102 degrees like here in Arkansas. Whenever I get out of my truck, I take these clothes off. I lay them on my tailgate. I put my hunting clothes on and then I you know, dust down and I go into the tree. Okay. Um I think a lot of times, usually when guys are getting busted using camo dust, uh, it is a – if you think about it, because, like, I've been busted too, right? So, last year I had three hunts in a row where I actually called Chris, and Chris is a good friend of mine now. Um, called Chris three times, and I was like, dude, I have got busted. And this was a big-ass deer, bro, and he yeah. busted me three times. I was jumping around on him because uh, he was in there with a the doe, what everybody calls lockdown. Um, uh, anyways, uh, this deer busted me three days in a row. And I'm like, oh, my guy's getting frustrated. And he was like, what are you doing wrong? And I was like, nothing. Same regiment, same everything. You know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next day I went out. And so, you know, hang your bag on the tree right here, right? And so I'm sitting there and the wind hit me in the back of the neck. And I smelt fruit, like fruity, fruity, like laundry detergent fruity. And I was like, what? <coughs> Was that? Like you know, I'm a mile. I'm I'm 1.8 you know, in on this public land, and it's like this in there. Like there's nobody else back here. What in the world, I turn around and and I know this guy's going to watch this. And his name is Dylan Logan, and to hell with you, Dylan Logan. Um <laughs> What I is I always carry a knife with me and a trash bag, right? Because where I hunt out way back in there, you'll see in my videos I pack my deer out, whatever. Dylan had grabbed the wrong trash bag, and he had grabbed a scented. Black trash bag and stuck it like in the cup holder of my bag for me. And I was like,
0: oh, God.
2: And that deer was busting me because of my trash bag. Another thing that a lot of guys I think do that um, they mess up is like when I wash my clothes before I go hunt, I dump my bag out and I wash my bag, I wash my ropes, wash my safety harness, I wash all of that stuff because all of that stuff is collecting scent of some sort at all times. Yeah. And like if I'm off the tailgate of my truck right now, I've got a bed cover. And nothing once hunting season gets here, I clean it out, nothing goes back there with my hunting stuff. Nothing. I'm not putting any gas back there, I'm not putting any weed eaters back there, nothing. It, it that the trailer for that shit. Um for that reason, because there's always some kind of scent residue somewhere. Um, you know, I think that ammo dust is exactly like i think it does exactly what it's meant for and it is to make up for that 10 percent that you miss right that 10 percent that causes everybody to not get that big gear. i think that's what it's made for and i think it works great for that um as far as using it goes in the application like you literally want to look like you're standing in a snowstorm like so i'll take the sock and just dust all over right and then just kind of move around through it because it's so fine. Like it gets in the pores, of your skin and gets in the, in your clothes and stuff like that. And it, and it absorbs that scent molecule, which is a moisture molecule. Mm-hmm. Um And most of the guys that don't believe in scent control, most, not all, some guys, you are just never going to get them over on that side. And that's perfectly fine. Um But most of the guys are because sprays kill on contact. That's, you know, like bleach, basically you spray it on there. It kills it. Yeah. What are you the stuff that just keeps on because you're constantly losing skin cells you're constantly creating moisture which your body does what are you doing for that and that's where that camo dust comes in because it latches to that and eliminates that human scent molecule but if you go in there smelling like a chicken strip it's gonna knock it down but then the yeah. end of the day you're gonna have a little chicken strip smell
0: you
1: know? yeah well see that's what so like i kind of do something similar to you um you know i wash my stuff every week i keep it in a tote i don't put anything i don't wear anything that's in there unless i'm hunting. and yeah. but i didn't think about the washer and dryer deal and i definitely didn't think about dusting it down while i was in the tote mm. and so honestly after we get off of here i'm probably gonna go dust it down and probably make a huge mess on the floor but i'll clean it up i don't care <laughs> <laughs> the wife won't see it
0: I did, but, I uh, see, my mine is actually almost identical to, to yours clifton i do the same exact thing um i i you know my wife runs all those um those little BBs that that say scent forever. Oh, geez. She runs all those. And the last time I had an issue, me and her, I got into an argument over it. Um, I told her I was gonna have to buy a new washer. Because the last time I ran three loads of towels after her, then I did my hunt clothes and my, you know, scent eliminate, you know, from nose down, I did my eliminate wash. And I did that, and then I did the camo dust in my tote you know and all that kind of stuff the next day i was getting ready to go hunt i opened my tote and it still smelled like game so of course at first i'm like this camo dust shit don't work at all but i did i've kept redoing it and redoing it and now i finally got all the scent completely out of there um so it's, it's definitely it's definitely on my grab list every single time i go Yeah,
2: Man, I tell everybody, if you don't believe in camo dust and you don't think it covers up a scent, right, or or not covers up, kills a scent, right, if you don't believe that, I want you to go pick up your work boot that smells like ass, right? Everybody's got a pair of shoes that stink real bad, and I want you to pull that dude apart and shake the shit out of that sock in there where it's completely covered in white and leave that dude there for, like, two hours and go sniff it. It will take that. It will take it like, and I got that from a guy named Jason. Um, Jason doesn't believe in any scent products at all. Scent away products, none, zero, kills big deer. We hunt the same public land. I gave him a can of camo dust. He actually went golfing and got his golf shoes wet, pulled him out. And this dude Facebook messaged me and was like, you got to be shitting me. And I was like, what? He's like, I dusted my uh, golf shoe down last night. Picked him up this morning. There's no scent. And I was like,
1: there you go. And he's yeah. used that ever since. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be busy tonight because yeah. I obviously was doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought you just did the normal thing and then step out of the truck. Because I, I change, you know, basically I'll get to the spot, change, and then get everything together. Like, I don't wear my hunting stuff anywhere except in the woods. And yeah. so, just like you were saying, you know, you get out, you got them on, shake it down and all that. And I'm I'm sitting there just shaking away. I'm like, God, is this enough? Like, did I do enough? And I guess I just didn't. I either didn't do it enough or I didn't do the do it the way I was supposed to. So yeah. I'll make sure before this weekend I get all that stuff taken care of because I'm, yeah, I'm and see I, getting caught.
0: I do mind I do mine the same way that you did your <laughs> Mississippi hunt, Clifton, is because I on my private land, I've got a half mile walk from my house to one of the private spots. And I'll actually do it the same way you did your Mississippi one. I'll I'll take it with me and I'll start dusting and then I walk a little bit starting to feel a little bit sweaty. All right, let me dust again. And then I get to the stand. Let me dust again. Yeah. I do the same way that you do it on that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah it, 110%. I've, I have, you know, not saying that it's all camo dust or whatever, but Chris likes me to say it. Some will say it Because I've killed 14 yeah. open youngs and 11 have been since I've been using camo dust um so okay. you know but, there you go. but i'm gonna be honest with you man like and anybody that kills big deer or has killed and i haven't killed giant deer right but i've got a whole bunch of 130s 140s and a few 150s but um a big deer is going to travel with that crosswind mm-hmm. right like they they want that and just like that deer in kansas and part of it might be you know because i get guys that argue with me and they're like well you're shooting them at 40 yards Maybe, but I've also killed him, the Mississippi hunt. I killed that deer at like seven steps or something like that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. And that was sh- straight downwind. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, part of it is, is like I will intentionally set up, like if I know my scent game is 110%, I will intentionally set up with what people would consider the wrong and which I consider the right wind because I want that buck to have the wind so he's traveling with that wind in his nose. And I will sit just off of that. Like, you know what I mean? So for me, it's an angled wind for him and sitting him straight in the face. Um, and that's, we could get into the whole ridge stuff. And I'm going to do this very shortly because I it's an episode by itself. <laughs> but most of the time, right? So can you see both of these? Yeah. Say these are two ridges laid next to each other, right? All the feed trees are on this ridge, right? This way is north. Over the top of that is north. you got a north wind, wind coming out of the north. So the north is coming from this direction, going this direction, right? So you got these two things. Most guys are going to set up right here, right? Few trees on top of the ridge. They're going to set up right here. And they're going to see every two-year-old deer in every doe that comes through there. That mature buck is right here on that fat line, on that next ridge. And the reason being is he has no reason to take his ass up here. Zero reason. Big deer don't like being around other deer. If they did, whenever you get pictures of them, they wouldn't be by themselves. They'd be with big deer. And so what these big deer do is they stay on this, what I like to call a secondary ridge, and they'll be on that fat line where when the wind comes over this, it is going over and it is hitting that other ridge. And he can smell everything that's over here. And that gets me into a whole nother deal, which, again, we'll do one, if y'all want to, we'll do one over how wind moves and that kind of thing and the way that I advantage in the ridges but the reason being is like that deer is over there and this leads into where i think that bucks grunt to call does to them that's my opinion um i have seen that multiple times from a tree where i have a doe over here in a slough in the cattails and this you know little buck is running around chasing her in circles and I look over and I've got a deer on the wall. It's called Mean Deer is what my wife calls him because it's a very aggressive mouth. But I thought that deer at 73 yards uh, with my obsession. But uh, that deer
1: Good came man.
2: and was grunting. And that doe ran her ass over there so that he would beat up the little deer that was chasing mm-hmm. her. And then he just kind of walked around behind her. Like you very rarely see a big mature deer chasing a doe by itself. Now, if there's a chain of bucks, absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. But very, you see him following her. Watch all the Primo's videos, whatever videos you want to. Whenever that doe comes out and there's that 200-inch deer behind her, he's just following her. He ain't running her. He ain't running the shit out of her. No, that's two-year-old, three-year-old bucks. That mature deer is going to be that next ridge over where he can walk by. He knows that all the feed's up there. He knows it's where all the deer's at. He walks by so he can catch that scent of them. And that's why, I like, and you'll hear this in a lot of my videos. I said it in my Kansas video. My button, one of my best friends, Eric was seeing like 20 deer sit. I was seeing two deer because I am not hunting deer. I am hunting a deer. Mm-hmm. And so I set up to where I think that mature deer is going to be. So usually I don't see high numbers of deer and that's what kills me so bad. Just like if you watch the video I dropped last night where I'm like whining basically at the end, like every time I come to these urban places, I get beat up. It's because I'm not used to that. I'm yeah. not used to hunting a big deer in an area where there's all kinds of deer. It takes me out of my element. Um, and that's why, like, hey man, big kudos to see one of them. Like that guy, like, he's got it figured out. And that's, you know, I always laugh because guys will be like, Man, if I was in a big buck lease, I'd kill 200 inch deer every year. Probably not. Yeah. If I was hunting public by, like all these other guys, I'd kill 150 every year, probably not. You know what I mean? Like it's it you every um every type or style of hunting has its own challenges and that's why i like the traveling like i'll spend the last dime i've got as long as my family is fed now all the like bills are paid family is fed and i've got vacation i'm going somewhere because just like everybody else like i was telling my first sergeant today like every time i go to a new state it's like the first time i got to hunt again because it's all brand new Mm-hmm. um and that's why i keep doing this urban thing like i have mm-hmm. not killed a big deer on urban yet doing it the urban way now i've killed some but not doing it the urban way where i've got feed piles and i'm hunting over these feed piles um but i think a lot of that too is is you know a lot of the guys that are very consistent likely um he get he puts his time in you know mm-hmm. they're hunting here 30 times before they get a shot at them or they're running 30 cell cameras and again that's not talking trash that dude's got that thing down to an art and i respect the shit out of it but every situation has its own different challenges and i was one of those public land guys talking trash about if i ever do an urban one blah blah blah. well guess what well i've been doing it for two years and i ain't killed 150
0: yet
2: um, i've killed three 150s on public like so you know it's like uh
1: no it, it is what it is yeah. I mean, you know, we've gotten into it a couple times with people that are like, Oh, well, I'll, you know, I don't believe in baiting and it makes it too easy. And I'm like, dude, trust me. It doesn't because you get that mature bug. I'm actually dealing with this exact problem. Been doing it for two years now. There's one deer on that uh, private spot I was telling you about where I moved the camera today. And he's, he's gotta be at least five now. So he will only show up. He's daylighted one time in two years. And I know the direction he comes from. I know the property he comes from. I don't have access to it. Did and you Did you uh, write down the date that that deer showed up? Oh yeah. On, uh, oh yeah, October twenty fifth. Uh,
2: I would I would hunt the two days prior and the two days after that being that same plan. That is and, the plan. And other than that, I would hunt downwind of that feed pile, one hundred and twenty yards every time I hunted. I would not sit that feed pile. Okay. Because, because
1: I was going there this weekend, so that's not good, a bad idea.
2: Think of, think of that just like a feed tree. Like I hunt feed trees. Whenever I say I don't like, I don't hunt, and and I have it in some of my videos. Like I don't hunt bucks on. Like I don't hunt scrapes. I don't hunt rubs. I don't hunt feed trees. I hunt in the area of them, but I don't hunt them. What I mean by I don't hunt them is I'm not gonna be next to them. I'm gonna be downwind yeah. of every time because I'm not after that two and a half year old eight point that's going to come in there and actually walk up to the doe or go in there, maybe give him a bite of corn or whatever the big deer just are going to do that. And if they do, it's a rare occasion.
1: Well, that's what I noticed is like, I've been trying to make up a plan, which is why I moved the camera today. Um, Because, you know, at first I was up on the Ridge thinking, okay, maybe this is where he comes from. Maybe he circles around. Cause I have had photos last year of him going on top of the lower part of this Ridge and then coming down and going to the feed at night like not too much later than sundown, like maybe an hour. So I'm like, okay, he's over here. Well, where is he coming from? And it, it just, it kind of showed me like, no matter what feed you put out, it could be the most expensive shit. It could have corn, soybeans, peanut butter, peanut brittle, meth, whatever, whatever you're going to give these guys, right. They're not going to go to it in the daylight. Most of the time.
0: He's out here drugging deer. Hey man. (laughs) I'm
1: not even gonna make that joke.
2: I mean, hey, an addiction's real. You know what I mean? No matter how you get it. <laughs> and, and, and you know the thing is, is and this is my opinion, and I've never I've never talked to Lee and them about this, but like in my opinion, like those dudes, and I know that they're running, you know, tens of cell cameras. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the feed, if you can ever figure out where their core area is, where it's really small, where you're in that 150 yards, 200 yards from the binary, area, I think that's key. Like if you're feeding, um, but I think it's extremely hard to do that with a mature deer, and it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of access. You know, because deer also move throughout the year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where they're where they're at, what they're doing. Uh, actually, the first deer that I killed that I was talking about that set me on my bow hunting path in '52 we called him the roamer because the year before I killed him as a big eight point, I had him on camera four and a half miles, two hours apart difference wow. on both cameras. Um, and he was running a doe it's about four and a half miles, like one side of my lease to the other side, whenever I used to be in this lease. Um, and I nicknamed him the roamer and yeah. then so happened the next year. I killed him in between those two cameras in October. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's different now and every style owns like you gotta, if you're an actual hunter, like you have to respect every style, whether it's like you said, like you catch a lot of crap for baiting. And what sucks is, is man, like, um, one of the XLP guys, I'm going to throw him underneath the bus right now. His name is Tom, right? Mm-hmm. Tom is probably one of the best dudes I've ever met in my life. However, to hell with that clown. And I'm going to make him watch this next week. Cause I'm going to be with him. <laughs> um, no, so in my videos last year eric and i doubled from the same tree one afternoon um actually i guess if you added it up it's like 286 inches of horns hit the ground you know within 15 minutes of each other um and those two bucks we hunted this place like public the difference was is we carried a 20 pound bag of apple corn Mm -hmm. out there with us and dumped it out on the ground the wind was blowing straight into their bed area that day. It was the perfect case scenario. But uh, Tom was like, yeah, I watched it until I seen that corn and then I turned it off. And I was like, man, like, you know, I get a lot of grief if y'all have seen the deer that I chased down and shot on camp Robinson and people were like, that's cheating. And I'm like, dude, I, I use literally more woodsmanship in that one hunt than I've used in 10 years, like trying to get in front of that deer and know where he was going, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, you know, every bit of it's different. It doesn't matter if there's feed or not. Like it's, uh, there's a method to it that you have yeah. to use. It's not gonna be successful.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what we're learning. Like me and JD both, especially last year, man, we would just put feed out, and they, you get does you can see the two yeah. and a half year olds and stuff, but the four four year old and up, you wouldn't really see them. So we're like, man, maybe we need to do a different type of feed. And we eventually came to the conclusion, like everybody else does, dude you got to catch them either going to it or scent checking whatever's out there. So, I mean, I'm, my plan this year is not hunt over that once I actually start going after this deer, like he, he is around, you know, but I'm, I haven't really gotten too many photos of him. He's only shown up twice. And uh, he starts getting more active more into October. So in the next three or four weeks, you know, I'll probably have a better chance at catching him somewhere, but yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hunt that deer over bait. I'll still put bait out, but I'm going to try to catch him coming from the direction that I always see him come from and, you know, kill him that way. Cause I, I already know <laughs> one day out of the year, it's not going to be that easy to, to catch him because he could change it.
2: You know, the, the one thing
1: that I learned hunting, cause you know, I do the urban hunt here in Arkansas too, which is not like
2: y'all's urban hunt. Like this is <laughs> big timber with a house every 500 foot or yeah. 500 foot. Um, But one thing I learned here was last year, and I haven't got to do it this year because I haven't had the time with my son playing baseball, but is the first time I would feed in a new area, the biggest buck would show up on camera the next day during daylight, every Mm. damn time. So what I started doing is just feeding until I went. Um, And I killed a pretty good buck the next time doing that. And then the next time I literally had a 160 show up and I had decided to sleep in that morning. And I spent the rest of January – trying to get on that deer. In between that, you know, January, it's, like, shows time. So, you got the ATA and all that stuff, Big Buck Classic. Yeah. And so, I had, like, three days to hunt him, and I just kept dumping feed to it. And, like, the last day was whenever that, like, extreme cold front came through last year. So, it was, like, two degrees in Arkansas. It never happens. And I was up there, like, freezing. I've been there for eight hours, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, I know that deer's <laughs> not going to come here. Like, I know. And I just stopped down and packed
1: my stuff and went home and didn't go back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, these deal drive you nuts, dude. I, I've, I've stayed up so late sometimes, just you know, trying to learn how to read like maps and looking at photos and kind of watching like where they come from. I'll, I'll have my photos and just do a slideshow. And I'm just well, like, all right, how was he moving? And then, so
2: I'm, I'm gonna you tell, you, tell everybody else because I catch a lot of grief because I don't, uh, I don't hunt cell cameras. Mm-hmm. If I put a camera out, if I put a camera out, it is to see what is in that area. I'm not hunting where that cell camera was. Yeah. Uh, and so here or there another podcast, John know other guys very well they asked me, they were like, what do you mean you don't hunt cell cameras? And I was like, you want me to tell you why I don't hunt cell cameras? And they're like, why? And I was like, because when I go on that block of public and that 135 inch three year old comes by me and i run an arrow through it that was the biggest fucking deer in the block of timber and you can't convince me otherwise
1: <laughs> You're not wrong You're not wrong you know, Maybe that's what we need to do
2: <laughs> I think people mess up on public land using cameras is you are hunting behind that deer like 90% of the time you're hunting behind that deer um now I think it's a lot better than it was with original trail cameras obviously where guys would run a trail camera and that buck showed up five times last week so they hunt it for the next two weeks they don't see the deer um so I think it's better but I still think that like you know at least I'd say 70% of the time probably that guys are hunting behind that deer like that deer showed up They got him on camera and they're like, bro, I got to be there. And they take off, you know, they take their five days of vacation they got the next five days. They don't pay attention to what the wind, the weather, the temperature, the moon phase was for that day that buck showed up. They just go the next five days Mm -hmm. and they don't kill him. Now they've wasted their vacation and now another two-year-old buck dies the end of season because they're not going to eat that tag. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's – yeah, that's a that's that's my spill on cameras, like, and I run and I have a bunch of them. I've got one of probably every brand, and I run one back here behind the house on a designated feed site for the six-year-old, and then I run two or three at some places on a uh, on the urban place that yeah. I'm at.
1: Yeah, I mean it. I'm kind of I used to use it like like how you just said. You know, one shows up, and I mean I, I Even did it this year, and it actually worked. It's just the day that it was uh, after the six-point. My daughter named Trike. You know, he was showing up in daylight every day for about three or four days. So I went on a, um, I think it was a Saturday evening and I got in at like two o'clock and it downpoured. I was freezing. I got down from the tree, changed into different camo, camo dusted down, got back up in the tree. And, you know, I'd already gotten blown out once this doe snuck up behind me and just happened to look up and just whew, gone. So, you know, I'm thinking, all right, if he is going to daylight, you know, it's six o'clock. This is, this is the time. Sure enough, dude, I look up on the ridge to my right and see, you know, deer, I don't know what they are, but I see deer and these two little fawns come running down and I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. They're moving. He might, he might show up. And, um, you know, so you start getting that, those nerves going because you start, yeah. all right, he's here, right. He's going to be here. And, um, so I stand up way too early. I'm like, Kill mode. I look over and I see this brown, big brown body coming down. I'm like, oh, that's just a doe. It's cool. Nope, it was him. He came running down, chasing these fawns, bully buck, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, literally, dude, it was. It everything worked perfectly, except for the fact. That I let my nerves get too much to me, and I was in there shaking like a leaf. And they they had to have seen me because even the fawn stopped and looked my direction. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs)
2: if a fawn looks up at you, bro, your knees were rattling. (laughs) Dude, it was bad.
1: It was really bad. Like you would have thought I already shot this guy with how fast my heart was racing. But I the the takeaway from that is that worked. Had I been able to stay composed and everything, I'd have killed him. So in that aspect, I think cell cameras are great. But you also make a very good point that you're working behind that deer. Cause you don't know what he's going to do that day. You can't go into the future and be like, all right, he's going to come at this time. So I need to go this day. So it kind of goes back to like what Michael Perry said. Um, he uses cell cameras, but he doesn't check them during season. He pulls them afterwards and he's like, all right, this time frame, this deer was here. So the next season he goes in, it's still working behind him, but in a sense it's not.
2: No, 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 no. So I, I think that he, is very on to something with that. Um, You know, and and what I did, so like the learning hunting maps, I promise this has to do with what he had to say, right? (laughs) So wherever I thought I had maps pinned, so my family here in South Arkansas is kind of like where you are at. There's these hunting leases where you kill like basket rack eight points, right? Like a 4,000 acre lease that there's like 70 of us that are in it. We all pay $300 a year. So I grew up on one of those. My dad had this stand called the 80. And the reason being, is it was an 80-acre clear coat when we first got in the lease. And he had a bush hog lane straight across this thing. And so, anyways, my dad killed bucks every year. Every year, tagged out in the 80. And so, whenever I thought, I started figuring out how to read maps. I went and opened Onyx to all the places I had hunted in the yeah. past. And those damn fat lines, that's where it was at, right? And then I started noticing my dad. It's like he takes off all of rifle season, right? He's an airplane mechanic or inspector, but he takes off all of rifle season. And mm-hmm. I started noticing that it was like November 16th through the 19th. Every single year that dude was killing deer. Then something else my dad did is he would not shoot a doe off that stand. Well, this went on for like eight, nine years. And then it shifted like a week later. And oh. I was like, I sit back and I start thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? there was a damn doe that was in there that every year she came in in that same week and all of these bucks would move into that thicket and he would just go to slaughter town on them. Right. Then he's tagged out. So all the rest of us, like he's tagged out. Nobody goes back to that stand. Next year comes around. He hunts every day for 10 days, the 11th, 12th, 13th day, all of a sudden he smashes this big buck. Well, after like nine years, in my opinion, I think that doe died. And then there was another mature doe that was in there and she was a week later, but his early doe was now dead. So now yeah. it was shifted a week. You know what I mean? So that goes back to what he's saying and learning those. I think him and my dad doing the same thing, except my dad was doing it based off of his does. And this guy's doing it based off of his trail cameras, but yeah. there's a lot of guys. Um, I don't do it on my channel. Cause I don't run a whole bunch of cell cameras. Cause I, I just don't like to hunt the same areas more than once. I like to bounce around and relearn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like that dude, obviously is probably trying to kill really, really big deer too. Uh, right. And like, I'ma shoot every 140 that walks underneath me. That yeah. I have to have. Um, but there's a lot to be said about guys that do that because I have seen that on a bunch of different um, YouTube channels and even hunting shows where guys are like, last year, uh, I mean Midwest whitetails, like those dudes that Jared got, like he says it all the time. He's like, last year, the first week of November. This buck was at
1: this spot over here on the creek stand, and he goes in there
2: and he smashes 170 inch deer.
1: You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, "Ah." and he's yeah. Well, that's what we were telling him is like, you know, we're gonna start basically putting regular cameras out on public and just leaving them. Like, I'm gonna go next week and move one because I've got one in this spot that I know I'm not gonna kill anything. It's this big open field. It's a rifle field. I did it for early season, then kind of realized, oh, I can't, I can't get in without busting everything out there, so. I'm gonna be moving all that, and then I've got one spot I'm leaving a camera at. Might go check it just because the temptation's too strong. <laughs> so I want to know what's it's there. But uh, hey, hey, I'm bad. sorry. I'm gonna, in- I'm gonna interrupt you.
2: I'm so sorry. So obviously doing this on my phones So when I get a text message that pops up, I promise y'all want to hear this. So did either one of y'all watch my Mississippi hunts from last year? Um, yep. either way, there's a there's a guy named Jesse, right? So Eric was in the Marines, I'm in the army, and Jesse was in the Air Force. Jesse because a lot of stuff. And so towards the end of the year last year, he wanted to go to Mississippi with us. I'm like, I'm giving you a camera like to carry with you. And his first time, he smashed this like 17 inch wide four point. Anyways, so I messaged those guys day before yesterday and I was like, Hey, I'm gonna need a favor And they're like, What's up? And so I have killed four deer already this year, right? So I was like, I'm going to need y'all to start killing some stuff because I need some content and I don't want to go outside and do any reviews right now. Right. So this is funny. Jesse just takes me and Eric in a message and he's like, I've got some footage for you. Um, Stuff that makes people laugh is good content. Right. And like, so obviously I'm not responding, but Eric does and says what happened. And Jesse said, a good buck came back and he did He wasn't not good. It busted up in the mouth and busted his lip oh, open. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Oh, God. That's, that's the, the greatest uh,
2: <laughs> Like I said, dude, it was worth interrupting you. I'm so Oh, sorry. no, you're good.
1: That's hilarious. I don't even know what I was saying, to be honest. Something about public and <laughs> <lighting> cameras. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but, exactly. um, So I, I got, I guess, one kind of question outside of deer, per se. <laughs> Um, you're running DCA a lot. How, how do you feel about them?
2: No, I'm kidding. Uh, hey, sir, <laughs> I, number, one, number one, my opinion on arrows in general and arrows and arrow. I do the same thing rather back whenever I was shooting the, uh, goal tips. I did the same thing with my DCA arrows and I did the same thing with the VIPs that I have downstairs as well. Because I do shoot the uh, deer crossing archer, the DCAs, um, and I think they are a great arrow. But I do the same thing with every one of them I get. It doesn't matter who makes them. And that is when I get them in, I take them and I roll them across a the flat surface, and then I weigh every one of them. Because any anybody, anything that you buy, um, the weight's going to be off just a little bit is what it is. And then I will number my arrows by the one that hits the bench, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but again, it's because I shoot, I like to shoot distance. but deer comes out, you know, I've got a hundred yard pin. I'm not going to shoot one at a hundred, but I will kill a deer at 70 every time he steps out if I think that it's calm and, you know, whatever. Anyways, so I think the DCA arrows are a very good arrow. Um, they came out with that rupture, rupture, ru- mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember. Um, it starts with an R guys. It's the brand new DCA arrow. Yeah, uh, it <laughs> it's the rupture bro. It's the rupture. So they're a, they're a small diameter arrow, right? And that's the first time I've ever shot any uh, small diameter arrows, the micro diameter or whatever they call them. Like I said, dude, you're a bow guy. I'm not a bow guy, I'm a killer, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I kill stuff. Yeah. However, so last year I shot their Hunter series, which is from my understanding, their cheaper series arrows. Yeah. Uh, I shot standard? the Hunter series, I shot five deer, three being mature bucks, and then finished off my Grand Slam turkey uh, with one arrow. So six animals, one arrow, and last year my bow was shooting 303 foot per second. Um, that is some ass coming out of an arrow and blowing through deer, and it, that arrow held up. Um, the new arrow, and it might be because of micro diameter, I don't know anything about them. Um, I will say that I have killed four deer and I broke two arrows. Um, they fly Um, You can take them, play with them. They're super strong. I haven't blasted that a lot because shit happens, right? If it gets caught up, like one of them most certainly stuck in the offside leg. So I'm not surprised it broke. Um, the other one, the deer I actually think fell over on it. Um, so like, I'm, I'm not surprised by that either. So all in all, like very great arrow, uh, and super awesome people. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that, a lot of arrows are the same. Um, you know what I mean. In my opinion, and I think yeah. that you know when when you buy an arrow, whether you go buy a dozen or whatever. And I won't name drop the company mm-hmm. because we're on here and I don't know any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was at my uh, when I was at Max, I was my buddy was getting a box of arrows. You know, twelve. He bought a dozen, and they are one of the most popular brand arrows out there i will say that they weighed each one of them and we poured four more out of another dozen and they threw those four away because they were 20 22 grain different and that's huge 22 grains is a lot that's, but they were 22 yeah. grain different.
0: i, I know that, who you're that, talking about yeah we won't we won't name drop
1: Y'all need to tell me who this was, is because I think I know, but I'm not 100 percent sure. That was
2: not that again, that was not D uh DCA. Every arrow I have mm-hmm. from DCA, I will, I will give them 110% has been within two grains of each other, which is pretty damn accurate. Yeah. Um, but that other one, um, and I said something to tech, I was like, what in the world? He was like, it's every company. Like we weigh every dozen that comes out. That's cool. Uh, so here there. Just food for thought. When you're buying your arrows. Number one, don't buy an arrow from Bass Pro Shop. I'm sorry if those guys sponsor you. Um, and, and the only reason I say that, man, it's just like all these other ones. If you do, just make sure that you talk to the archery tech before he cuts them. Um, because you know they're not usually archery techs. Uh so you know any of the arrows you get, man, go up there. If you're buying them online, spend twenty dollars, get you a scale. Um, I call them drug scales. I don't know what they're actually used for other uh, than drugs, but get you one of those kind of scales. Yeah. And so in your man room, in your living room, hide in the closet, whatever. Uh, don't hide it with baggies. It's probably bad. But hide the scale somewhere. And then whenever you get your stuff in, guys, weigh it. You know what I mean? Because you're most certainly going to have six to eight that are pretty damn close to each other, no matter what the brand is. And then you will most likely probably usually have one or two that are a little bit different. But uh, back to your original question, the DCAs are solid arrows, man. I, They are good enough arrows that... Um, I mean, I shoot them, but other than that, it's the easeability of it. I do like the fact you can get on there, build your arrows, and I think the longest I've had to wait was about five days on new arrows, and like that's a pretty good turnover. Um, you know, from getting on there, telling them what you want, building them, and then having them send them to you. Um, but then again, like I uh, last year, they did fletch my arrows for me. Um, I didn't have any issues out of the fletchings this year. I had mine fletched uh, elsewhere uh, by Max down at Jody's because the helical twist that they put on is extremely tight. It's a very, very big twist, and as fast as my bow is going, it helps hold it more true. I'm not saying it does it with every bow, but I'm saying yeah. with the bow. my bow, and the way it's turned, um, it works fantastically. Uh, and so, they're a good arrow. They're they're one to consider, I would say for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the stand. One of my biggest pet peeves with people, with, like you were saying, for the the tighter helical for your bow. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I I always try and preach uh, to some of the other people I taught to. Not really Eric because he's not shooting fast enough for it to matter. But um, <laughs> but it's usually you've got to tune your arrow to your bow. Do not try and tune your bow to your arrow. Tune your arrow to your bow. Yep, I've learned that. Yeah. And I'm running a five
1: helical, so I mean, I, I've had God, to. that's high. You knew that already. I didn't that's think it was that high. That's five, dude.
2: I don't know what mine is, but literally, it's like this. Like, that's how mine is. My head. The most.
0: That's
1: about a five
0: uh, or six degree. Yeah. yeah. If that's you ever crazy. watch uh,
1: MFJJ like elk shape or podium archer or whatever, and you see the the easy fletch, that's what I'm using. When I build my arrows, I'm using the easy fletch, and it's like a freaking wave, dude. It's crazy. But it, it makes well, mad. I can
0: I can tell you this from some of the scientific stuff I've looked at. With a five degree helical shooting under two hundred and fifty feet per second, you're doing yourself a lot of harm. You're losing at least four feet know. per second.
1: It's all I got right now, though, so I just got to make it work.
0: But yeah, oh, reflect so it straighter. I, Look, I, got, I got
1: your back. I
2: got your back. So, with that being said, when I was shooting my obsession, I was shooting in the high two nineties. I had helical twists on all my arrows. I go down to Texas. I ran out of arrows. went to Bass Pro Shop. I weighed my own arrows. They let me cut my own arrows. Uh, super cool guys down there. This was like eight years ago, seven, six years ago. Um, no twist on my arrows. And the groups at 50 looked like that. Like my bow was flying too fast. And it was the same kind of fletchings, but there was just no twist on it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah
2: are there i think the faster you are the more you can probably get away with that yeah um, yes i think that to me it quieted down my arrows mm-hmm. uh was probably the biggest noticeable difference was the sound they didn't seem as loud the rotation's good you know if you're shooting out at distance you know, you said you like the tumbo so you got it like There's gonna be something, and it pisses every one of these bow turner guys off. It's so hard to get that little bit of wave out, but it seems like with that strong twist, it kind of works. That works it out for you, you know. So I don't know. Again, I don't know. I I mess with Jody all the time. Like guys will message me all the time, be like, "What'd you do here? What'd you do here?" And I'm like, I took it to Jody and was like,
1: "Do something." (laughs) Uh,
2: no, yeah. no, no, I don't know what to do. I'm new. I'm new. I don't know what to do. You know? <laughs> <But> <laughs>
1: well, look, man, we've kept you for almost two hours now. I'm sure my wife is just ecstatic that I've been down here this whole time. But I've I've had a great time. We we are going to get you back on. Honestly, yeah. we got to hear about this Wisconsin hunt. See the uh, new Wisconsin state record you're going to shoot. And in um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and less than that, years 140 inches, and that's going to be a record somewhere.
1: You
2: record. I mean, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'll shoot the first 140 that walks
1: by.
0: Yeah, well, it could be a crazy, non-typical one. And then you take it down to Florida, and then you claim it's a state record in Florida. That's right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed.
2: I went to Florida on a nine-day hunt. I'm so sorry for a run in the middle of August. Worst time in the world, by the way. Miserable. Um, but I did that, and I missed probably the hundred and first time ever in a tree saddle, and I spun this way. But uh, I missed probably a 115, 128 point, like a stud. And uh, whenever I came back, I showed my buddy the footage that's from down there. He was like, that's a giant. And I was like, "No, nah, man, it's like 120 inch eight point. He was like, yeah. that's a giant. I was- <laughs> That's solid. a giant. Like, I was I was in South Florida. And, you know, the deer probably weighed like a hundred pounds. You know yeah, what I mean? Me. And, uh, and anyways, come to find out, like that was an absolute giant for that area, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those no, southern border
1: deer, man, it it blows my mind how big the, the size changes from down there up to, like, Saskatchewan. You see a 350-pound yep. deer that looks like a yep. 110, but he's really a 150. You're just like, how? But it's hey, come, to so big. State,
2: come to a state like Arkansas. East side of the state is all river, delta, crops, whatever. Yeah. looks like Saskatchewan deer. You drive an hour and a half, like 160-pound deer is a mature deer. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. no, it, it messed up. Yeah. Because, like, you'll be hunting over in South Arkansas, and Like, oh, okay, like, you know, that's a 110-inch deer. I'm out of shooting. You go over the east side of the state, and you're hunting around the ag and the public land over there, and you see a 250-pound deer. And you're like, oh, it's 110-inch deer. And you go back and you reboot, look at the footage, and it's like, it's just mid-130s. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, body size.
1: Yeah, it's it's well, wild how how much they can look different when it comes to body size. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind, but look, um, before we sign off of here, man, what, uh, what do you got? I guess. What do you want to tell the people listening that you got going on? What, what can we look for? I know you mentioned something about more broadhead, uh, reviews coming you know, I guess after this deer season. So I mean, what yep. else you got going on?
2: Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll give you all a quick rundown on stuff that I know for sure. So like I'm leaving tomorrow, go to Wisconsin. Um, doing a public land challenge there. Uh, the first two weeks of November, I'm going to Iowa, um, doing a public land thing there. I am going to end up in Oklahoma at some point in time, and then January we always do like a surprise hunt. You know, I did Alabama year before last, did Mississippi this year. If Eric has his way, we'll be back in Mississippi so he can try his luck at that 170th deer he missed. Um, and then as soon as I get the go ahead from XRP um i will be dropping that new climber video and i shouldn't be the first one to have it out and i'm telling you um it is going to be right at 500 dollars but it is going to be a game changer it weighs 12 pounds i mean it's insane wow. um definitely going to get back into the broadhead stuff um their pse is fixing to drop a new bow um so we're going to be into some more bows I've got a bow tech and a bear dealer that's going to let me start doing videos in their archery shops as well. Um, oh, yeah. So you'll see more of those kind of bows. So just like every year, man, the Flagstaff bows, um, I am taking a list right now of broadheads that guys want. So if you're not following, subscribe, whatever to on your own outdoors uh, on YouTube, go do that and get in the comments, drop a comment. Um, I Most of my reviews, guys, if you don't know this come from, uh viewers asking me to do a video of it you know like i did the skeletor steps and a dude comment was like bro you gotta get your hand on the latitude so like i went the next day and got a set of latitudes to do the video on um so i'm I'm real
0: curious i want to get some of those latitudes
2: man they're different uh i mean they're
0: i watched uh, your i watched your video on and that's what sold me i was like i want to try those
2: yeah they 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 are they they're next level, man, but they're different. They feel different. And that, you know, I said it in the video. But just like a, a little piece. I'm not trying to keep you forever either. The reason that I started my channel, if you go back and look, like I really started with reviews first. Mm-hmm. Um 10 years ago, if y'all remember part of this podcast earlier, uh, I was talking about I used to carry a um ladder stand on my back, right? I didn't have any money. And so whenever I got into bow hunting, I was like, all right, I've got to have a climber. And I was watching a hunting show on the pursuit channel and they had done this climber. And so I saved up for like three months, four months, spent $300 on this climber. And it was the biggest piece of shit. I ever put my hands on and I was stuck with it for like two yeah. years. Like this is real talk. Right. So I was stuck with it for like two years. And then all of my buddies have always been like, dude, you need to carry a camera around with you. Like, no, because you know, people don't believe that you're killing all this stuff. Right. And so um, it was actually my wife. So my wife is from California, never hunted a day in her life um, in the Air Force. And so she was like, you know, I love to teach. I do it on the military side a lot as well. Like I love my soldiers. And so she was like, bro, like, why don't you do reviews? Like you're super passionate because like I would be on my channel or on my page on Facebook all the time. Like, don't buy this. It's actually shit. And it's a you know, a publicity thing and blah, blah. blah. And, uh, and that's why I started doing reviews. So one thing, guys, if you've never been to my channel, that you can ask these guys is you will always get honest reviews. If it's crap, I'm going to tell you it's crap. If I think it's great, I'm going to tell you it's great. Do not expect me, do not expect me to hunt out of everything I do a review of. Uh, I can say it's great, and it doesn't mean it's great for me, but I'm saying it is a good product mm-hmm. that does well at the application that they're saying it's going to do. So there's my there's my little spiel. My videos came. Mm-hmm my heart. I was, yeah. didn't have any money to go buy anything. and was stuck with something for two years and, and I'll be damned if I can keep somebody else from doing that. That's my plan.
0: You oh, yeah. know what I think you should do with it since you're coming up on 11,000 mm-hmm. subscribers now, Yeah, I'm sure you've got some, you know, fangirls out there. I think for content wise, and I've seen some of the other bigger names uh, or not, not bigger, but some of the other names on YouTube and social media, They'll do it probably once a year where they'll actually do, like, let's just say this is the 2023-2024 season. They'll do their own 2023-2024, you know, setup, what they're actually using for that year.
2: Yeah, uh, I most certainly need to do that. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't done videos on because I don't know. <laughs> didn't know how well people would actually even watch or whatever um and obviously now yes i'm getting the views like i need to definitely do that and like you know if you haven't been over there yet like um you know i'm doing a bow giveaway tomorrow the bear bow that we were talking about earlier uh i'm gonna do that drawing tomorrow um
0: you know and so we're gonna try to oh, give your your other one your for you hunt how's that going
2: yeah, so, God, I wish I'd have thought about that in the beginning of the podcast, right? Uh, because I need to get that out to guys because I think it's going to be huge. I think people will absolutely love it. I would have done it. Um, and so, guys, what the 4 you hunt is, is I wanted to find a way to give back to the people that follow me, right, that watch my videos and give them the opportunity to have their face on TV. Because let me tell you all, every time my six-year-old sits down here and watches me on TV, you can't convince that guy I'm not famous, right? It just is what it is. <laughs> tells all of his friends like last week he told somebody uh at the ball tournament they were like where's your dad and he was like he's hunting and they were like where and he was like at a place that starts with a j i was in georgia he's six like, as <laughs> granddad, like, so, uh, so anyways with that being oh, said, what i started doing is you can reach out to me via facebook uh tiktok email um or just comment on a video or whatever um or instagram and basically what i do is you can film your hunt however you want to, cell phone, camera, it doesn't matter, Um, get with me, we'll get the footage over to me, and then for completely free, I edit it, and then I air it, and the person that gets the most views from now until next season um, will get the chance, two options, either to join on your own outdoors, and this isn't being a prick, if it's actually good quality stuff, um, to join on your own outdoors, or B is I will pay for your tags to come to a state to hunt with me, so that's that's the, uh, the kind of kicker because I mean that's what keeps people like you know, I've got a place you can sleep like I've got a trailer like that's what we all stay in um, usually what keeps people from going somewhere is the tags because they're expensive and that's just you know my way of trying to give back I guess you say
0: hell
1: yeah dude that's awesome, the Lord that's right awesome. Right now. That's awesome.
2: yeah so buy you a $50 camera on and start filming your haunts when you I kill really that year <laughs> I go. really need to
1: <laughs> 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 I'll work on that but man, look, this um,
0: footage is gonna be so shaky. It will, yeah. But it'll stay. Be- <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: um, look, I've got a tattoo that goes down my side. It says it's all about the stories, and that's how it is, man. It's that true. Is true, man. That, and
1: that's my favorite part about this podcast. You know, is is getting to hear everybody's stories, and especially people like you that we actually are like getting to know pretty well. You know, when it when y'all come on and you're like, hey, you know. This is what got me where I'm at. And this is what, you know, I experienced this day or this buck or that or whatever.
0: It. Look, the only complaint I got is I've texted you and you ain't sent nothing back to me in a week.
1: You know how
2: busy this hey, is? Hey, <laughs> say, dude, but hey, so, hey, look, plug right here. My kid is seven or six. He plays for a seven-year travel ball team. They are number one in the nation right now. See, nice.
0: He is busy. Uh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, Way yeah. to make me feel like this tall. That's cool. So
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. So whenever I was fixing a message y'all earlier to be like, "Hey, what time you're gonna be ready or whatever," uh, oh, you're nice. gonna think I'm an an a hole. Um, but when you sent the picture of you, to, said I'm public land hunting, I opened it and didn't know who it was. Like, and I, and that sounds terrible, but my number was on Facebook for years, mm-hmm. and so people okay. that follow me down send me stuff, and like I have your number saved. But it popped up on my screen in my truck, and I just seen a picture,
0: and was like, "Who the hell sent me a picture?" And I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, well, that that was me. That was me. Also,
2: well, that was stop window shopping bucks because that looked like a window picture that I seen of that bug that was right up above that one.
0: Was that a game camera picture?
2: It looked like that
0: was no. That was my that was my trail cam. That was from my property
2: uh well you missed him that day in case all you guys don't know he had a stud on camera in bright daylight he was probably asleep or something i know exactly
0: no i was where out where of where town i know exactly. i was where out where of where town because i'm only home on the weekends
1: yeah uh, i know which one it was and it broke my heart when he told me sent me that photo too and i'm like damn it dude you couldn't have called sick one time just one yeah, time that's all you need
2: that would have but it would have been the wrong day that's how
1: yeah that's right? true good point <laughs> awesome dude well look get ready for some uh some mapping pictures. I'm, I'm definitely going to be sending you some. And, uh, I just want to thank you, dude. This honestly, like I said before, you know, we love doing it with, with people that we're getting to know better and just really good dudes. Thank you for your service. Both of you guys, by the way, um, we wouldn't be able to do this without y'all. And I have the utmost respect for both of y'all. Um, yeah, man, I just, I can't wait for you to come on the next, the next episode we do with you. We'll definitely talk about wind and whatever the hell else you want. Um, the next You gotta one use more reality. bottles and staplers yeah. though. That, so that right? old yeah.
2: stuff. Welcome
1: to the next episode.
0: Yep. Right. <laughs> You're gonna lead
1: into this one. <laughs> You're too young.
2: You wouldn't understand. No, I don't. But
1: hey, you said a next episode, so I'm down. That's <laughs> right. I appreciate awesome, it, guys. Man. Thank y'all. Yes, sir. Hey, have a safe trip tomorrow, and send us pictures of whatever you kill. All right.
2: All right, brother. We'll do. Y'all all have a good one.
1: Appreciate right. it. Bye. Say, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.